Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? And, uh, and a really amazing episode. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about uh, one of my favorite bands, Caspian. Caspian. They're post-rock, uh, which means they're uh, it's just instruments. There's no vocals. Uh, 99.99999% of the time. Anyway, this is Philip Jameson, who is the, uh, I don't know, front man? Can we say front man when there's no singer? Yeah, he's the front man. We talk about it. You'll see. One of my favorite bands, Philip and I, though, went to uh, college together, so we really kind of get into our uh, our college experience, which is is uh, kind of the meat of the episode. And then, of course, we talk about music. Uh, I'm pretty sure I don't even mention The National, which is probably a first for having... What if I do? Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Either way, Val says. Um, so uh, let's get into uh, it as quickly as possible, as I always like to say. This uh, episode is brought to you by our friends at CISO, who have a new show that answers the question, what happens when a med school, short for medical school, graduate with $500,000 in student loan debt, can't find a job, and starts conducting free therapy sessions for patients he finds on Craigslist? Well, <laughs> there's only one way to find out. You have to watch the new series, Shrink featuring Tim Baltz and other top Chicago, Chicago comedians, and it's only on CISO. You guys know what CISO is. Val and I use it to watch great shows like uh, Take My Wife. It has all the SNLs. It has lots of stuff that you can't find anywhere else, and you get unlimited access to their CISO original series. Next Day Late Night the best way to watch na- Late Night. Hilarious stand-up specials, binge-worthy classics, including, as I mentioned, SNL, the entire Monty Python catalog. Plus, they have tons of other originals like My Brother, My Brother, and Me, as well as an animated fantasy role-playing game created by uh, starring Dan Harmon and a fake reality show created by the geniuses behind Comedy Bang Bang and Reno 911. It's all hand-picked, ad-free, and on-demand. And uh, with this special offer, you can use your iOS, Android, Apple TV, and whatever you got for three ninety nine a month, no joke. Just go to CISO.com, S-E-E-S-O.com. Use promo code WEIRD at checkout. S-E-E-S-O.com, promo code WEIRD for some savings. <laughs> three ninety nine per month. It's like it's excellent. Get into that. One month free with the code. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I just, you know, felt like I had a glass of milk before I... <laughs> Did this. I also, as always, want to plug uh, Crashing. It's going to be on uh, this coming Sunday on HBO at 10.30. And then the Sunday after that's the finale. So we're almost through the eight episodes. But if you haven't seen it, no problem. You can go to HBO Go or uh, sign up for HBO Now, whatever you need, and uh, watch all eight episodes. If you're a fan of this podcast and you want to support it's a great thing to do to just watch Crashing and help get those numbers up. Although I am super excited, obviously, that we just got a second season. Second season. Which is amazing. So incredible. We're already working on it. So thrilled for you to see that as well. Uh, anything uh, podcast-related, T-shirts, stickers, mugs, even pillows, damsels do it their damn selves, all the hits at store.peteholmes.com. And I always like to shout out my Pete's Picks. These are products that have changed my life for the better. And I always mention this, but I'm blown away. I get a lot of fan mail, and I get a lot of fan mail about Pete's Picks. That's why I picked them. These aren't, you know, random things. These are things that I love very, very much. One of them is uh, Alpha Brain. 
And I, I just got a, uh, a, an email on Instagram from somebody that said that when they were in stressful situations and had to give presentations or whatever it may be at their work, they would stutter, and they told me they took Alpha Brain and it greatly reduced the stuttering. Again, this is not FDA stuff. I'm telling you about the fan mail that I receive. I can also keep it about myself. Alpha Brain is a nootropic, which is like a vitamin for your brain, and I swear by it. Literally, for the past over three years now, I have never recorded a podcast, done stand-up, written script, or meditated. All the things that I do that I use monogam for, which is a lot, a lot of reading, a lot of writing, a lot of performing, I always take Alpha Brain, like maybe two or three, about 15 minutes before every podcast you've ever heard, I was on Alpha Brain. Uh, at least for the past three years. Not a stimulant. I always like to point out it's not like a cup of coffee. It's something uh, you can take before bed. It doesn't keep you up. It just helps me focus. It helps me communicate. It helps me find words in monog. Monog. See? I just found that term. I'm never far from it. I always have a couple in the, every uh, jacket I own. Got some in my car, a backpack, and I want you to try it. So the good people at Onnit got us 10% off. All you got to do is go to Onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird, and you'll get 10% off because I want you to try Alpha Brain. The other one, as you know, get a lot of mail about this, is Charlotte's Web. People are saying this is changing their lives. Anxiety, performance stuff, uh, just general wellness and calm- calmness and goodness Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. I know you might hear hemp and think it's weed. It's not weed. If I was selling you weed, I'd tell you it was weed. This is the hemp plant. They take out the THC and they keep the CBD, which is what people associate with the, the, with the body feeling and the, and the wellness feeling that you get from a pot. But it has none of the psycho, uh, psychoactive effects, meaning it, it doesn't get you high. It helps, you, it helps me with pain, neck pain, back pain, sleeping. Anxiety, all that stuff isn't, again, FDA, this is what it does for me. And again, I want you to try it. A lot of people say it helps with travel. I know personally it helps when I'm in a middle seat. It takes the edge off in a great, great way. Speaking of which, I drink less now that I have uh, Charlotte's Web in my life, which is amazing. Completely functional. Read a book, go to a movie. You're not going to binge watch Mr. Belvedere and forget about it in the morning. Get it. Try it. Want you to try it. Want you to try it. Go to cwhump.com slash weird and use the promo code you made it weird for 10% off. We're even going to have the Stanley Brothers on, the guys who created this stuff. We're gonna, we talk about it quite a bit and their weird, wonderful lives. You guys are going to love it. It would be fun. I mean, try it and you'll know what we're talking about. Or try it after we talk about it. Who cares? I hope you like it. And I hope you like Alpha Brain. And I hope you uh, subscribe for CISO to CISO. And I hope you watch Crashing on Sunday night. Val, do you have anything? <clears throat> just nope we're in a rush we're, we have to go to Largo which by the way uh, if whenever you're hearing this I do a monthly show at Largo so even if you're listening to this in a year I'm still uh, I do a monthly show at Largo and uh, just go to Largo-LA.com and come see me do stand-up here in Los Angeles that's it everybody I hope you're enjoying Crashing thanks for all the love online please enjoy my friend jeez I'm all smacky Philip. Jameson from Caspian. J- v- Val? Oh, get into it! Yeah! What's up, man? My dude. My dude! What's happening? How are you? Good, how are you? Good to see you. Neither of us can fit in here. I know. You're the first. This is Aristotle. Hey, what's up, dude? Phil, he what's saw up? you open Hi, for who now? Would you sit here, Phil? I, I'm a creature. Oh, at uh, Nokia Theater? Yeah. Yeah. What's that like last? Last March or April. That was a fun one, dude. Who was it? Who was it? Who did you open for? Under Oath. Under Oath? 
Yeah. I like the way you say it. You say it like undergrowth. I say it like it's a legal term. Yeah. Under like, oath. <laughs> never heard them before. No, I'm kind of here's, – here's the fun thing about me is uh, I, don't, I don't know that much music. I'm trying to make my compliment that you're one of my favorite bands mean more. Do you know what I'm saying? I do, yeah. yeah. Like I saw This Will Destroy You open for you guys at Pianos. That was or two, maybe two thousand six or seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember uh, Chelsea. What's Chelsea's last name? Butcher. Yeah, now it's uh, McCamey. Yeah, she got married. You, you know Galen, right? I've met him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Chelsea was telling me. So we we went to the same college. Now I'm talking to Aristotle as if we're not recording this. I can also just say this to the people listening. Right on. We went to the same college together. We did indeed. And then so we'll get into that. I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, I've never had it. Obviously, I've never had a guest that went, let alone heard of how, Gordon College. How many people were in were in our class, man? I think it was like fifteen hundred. There were more people in my high school than yeah. my college. Yeah, is that I, true for you too? I had three hundred ten or eleven in my high school class. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought I thought there were like significantly less. Is that right? I'm I, making I'm the sure. number 1,500 up out of nothing. Oh, so year? you should know. That. <laughs> like, that was a dad guess. What year did you graduate again? 2001. Yeah, right on. Same year, right? In the same class, man. So We didn't cross paths that much. Well, it's, it's funny, dude, because when I was driving <laughs> over here, I realized that it was Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. Um, and Somebody I wasn't on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he saw a lot of posts. I th- I don't know where this memory came from. It just sort of apparated out of nowhere. But um, nice use of apparate. There was that was always a day that was set aside to jam in uh what was the name of the Gillies the, uh, the sanctuary the cha- the chapel the chapel yeah, yeah, yeah the chapel yeah. Um, yeah you guys I used to hear uh, we used to we used to have these jam sessions going on every Martin Luther King Day because it was the only day they would let us in there and open it up and you came in with um. Chuck with Chuck, yeah. yeah, and we jammed together for a little bit. I think you were playing bass. I played bass. Yeah. I remember that too. Yeah, you were just slapping it around. I, and slapping I think you were there I for like, the bass. I think you were there for twenty minutes, and you were like, "This sucks," and you sort of bounced out. Well, that's. I think that's around the time when I was like, "Oh," because I thought I was going to be a musician for some time, like in high school and stuff. Right. So right. it lingered into just like any creative person. You're probably drawn to a lot of different things, and you're like, "Maybe this is my thing." Were you in a band at Gordon? Uh, no, we played, like, me and Jeremy McKean would, like, play. <laughs> McKean the dream, McKean <laughs> the dream. He ran for president. I don't know if you know. Uh, oh, I wish boy. he had won. Uh, <laughs> Occam's Razor, right? That was the band, that yeah. Was, that was the band. But I wasn't yeah. in his group. Me and, I have this very vivid memory in Gillies. So Gillies, there's going to be a lot of inside Gordon talk. I'll try and keep that's, up. That's fine with me. Is it cool? It's okay with you. It's cool yeah. with your audience, whatever. I like listening to people yeah. talk about things. You can, context clues. So Gillies was like the coffee house, oh, which was cool, and then it got redone for us. Remember, and they turned yeah. into like a nursing home. I think it was the first year we were there. It was sort of the end, the tail end of like the golden age. Of That's Gillies. right, yeah. and it was actually kind of legitimately cool. It like had a vibe. Here's how I know it was cool. I wasn't comfortable there. Like I went <laughs> in and I was like, I don't think I'm cool enough to be in Gillies. Yeah. And then they Pete Homestead. They made it open and, and bright and like pastel and safe. And then I was like, I like eating here. That's when it stopped being cool. Yeah, it had like a Reality Bites vibe going on when we After, got there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Super lame. And then I would occasionally do sing songies with Shayna. Like yeah. I would sing and play guitar with her. And I would sing and play guitar with McKean. And the memory I had was when McKean and I rehearsed, I, was, I had no problem. We didn't know anything about warming up your voice or any of that nonsense. Uh, not nonsense, uh, that technique. 
So we would rehearse, and I had no problem hitting this impossibly high note. I don't know why. Why don't I remember this? Well, you probably weren't at this show. It was a very small show. And then we played, and I, like, couldn't hit the note. Like, we're playing it. And afterwards, he was like, yeah, you couldn't really hit that note. I was like, yeah. Jer- Jeremy told you. Jeremy told That's me. That's very, sounds very Jeremy. He's a very frank man. Yeah. Indeed. He's a frank person. Been a long time. But I do remember jamming with, I'm glad you remember, because we, do you remember what song we played? Because we were looking I, for a song we could all play. I remember Shana doing like a, what was it? It wasn't a Madonna cover. Um, I'm trying, she did a lot of originals. I don't, I don't remember any <laughs> But we... Hell of a voice. But, oh, great oh, voice. Yeah. I still, I still oh, what, remember what someone really... What a wonderful, warm person. I, the music scene in Gordon, I still, I'm, I still know and remember and have a fondness for Brother Son. Do you remember Brother oh, Son? dude. Andy Lumen. Andy Illumination. Uh, I think Anna was in that, too. And Anna Kennedy. Uh, and, yeah, Aaron. and he married Aaron Dooley. Yep, yep. And I can still play Aaron Dooley songs on the acoustic and do. I, I saw them at the Topsfield Fair a couple months ago. Wait, they're still playing? No, they weren't playing. They were walking around with uh, they were pushing their kid around. And they have a, they have a child. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe two. Um, okay. Yeah, all these spaces like I'm still up there, man. So like these people come out of the woodwork. And, you you know, mean so, you're like, still in Beverly? I'm still in Beverly. Yeah, yeah. So you still you see these folks from time to time. from time to time. Yeah. When I drive by like the Atomic Cafe, I'm like, ah, it's like seeing a B-list celebrity for me. You've been there since they moved across the street. No, I haven't. Yeah, they re- they redid it top to bottom. And Looks then remember there was the Pizza Nazi. Did, oh, you call, uh, did you call him the pizza Nazi? We call him the pizza Nazi. Crackhead Joe's. Dude. Crackhead Joe's, is that what you call it? All right, dude, crack. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the sweet sauce. <clears throat> McKean, Jeremy, sorry, by the way, we're almost through all the glossary that you need to follow the rest of this podcast. But in Beverly, there's a place that you call Crackhead Joe's. Crackhead I Joe's. called it pizza Nazi. And it's a pizza that was so good because I swear they put sugar in the sauce. It's, it's just like crack. I mean, <laughs> Crackhead Joe, dude. <laughs> That's why. Okay, we're talking the same place, right? Just the neon sign that says pizza. Yeah, no, nothing else. There's no, nothing no, else. No bells and whistles. It, and you have so, to kind of like be polite. Like you have to be on good behavior. It, you get the sense he'll yeah. kick you out if you're riffraff. It's a it's a pizza speakeasy. It's like, a yeah, it's a, pe- yeah. a pizza easy. <laughs> Didn't work, but we liked it. I've got uh, dude. I've a got this, easy. I've got this cold, and I can like barely like every time I laugh, it's just like. <laughs> I'm a smoker. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. So, yeah. I smoked. I, po- I apologize. I dated a smoker for uh, a year, and so I would bum smoke from her almost constantly. Yeah. Not constantly, but like when I was when I was mad at her, I'd stop smoking. That was like a passive aggressive way of being like, "Yeah, I'm not in your little smoke club." Not today. But just the couple months that I did smoke, and this is years and years ago, yeah. I now cough every time I laugh. That's why I laugh. When I, I, that's an anti-smoking thing right there. I laugh and then I, I have to cough. That's new because of that. You, have this, you still have the same infectious laugh, dude. Just take, <laughs> takes over. And, yeah. Well, you remember that? Oh, of course. You could hear it ringing throughout Fahrenheit <laughs> and all that, dude. <laughs> all the way through Gillies up through... You know. uh, use yeah. the glossary. All the way from Gillies to Farron. You, you remember Catacombs? Did you ever go to Catacombs? I, did. I didn't like Catacombs. Catacombs yeah. was Sunday night. Yep. Ten? 10 p.m.? 10 or 10.30, something It was like the lights-off worship hour. Did you did you like it before I make fun of it? I didn't like it because, I don't know, it seemed sceney to me. Like, were you at Catacombs? Oh, Jesse was at Catacombs. <laughs> I saw him putting both hands up in the air yep. during the chorus. But it was dark, so you could sort of lash out in your own way. Yeah, and, I suppose uh, that's you're true. Sort of like, you know, off the radar. It wasn't uh, you know at I... Chapel time at 10 in the morning where it was like if you stand up and get into it, you were just immediately like, who's that psycho? Were you? Oh, my God. 
Do you? Oh my God! I hope you remember this. There was a we had a, the only black kids we had at our school were like straight African. Yeah. Do you remember that? I think like Nigerian. I yeah. Think so yeah. so I, I, I'm talking like uh, I don't know how else to put it. So we we were very white, and then we had some Nigerians that that came to our school, like three maybe, or four. Yeah, very few. Yeah. And one of them was this uh, very strong, powerful woman, young woman, obviously. Uh, and in chapel one day, we, I, I hope you're there. She stood up. And we're all repressed and waspy and white, yeah. and we're singing about the risen Christ, but we don't really we're – we're bored and someone's sleeping. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And she oh, would yeah. stand up and she'd go uh, – she'd go, mighty God. <laughs> I remember because she said got instead of God. Like it's an accent thing. So she's screaming, mighty God, mighty – and it was very ooh, ooh, sincere. Like right up front or just coming from the She back was in the middle of yeah. the fr- – and I'm in the balcony where all the riffraff's at. Oh, yeah, riff yeah, yeah, right on the front. My feet were up it, on the thing like a protest because they made us go. Yeah. They made us go. So right as soon as it was mandatory, I was like, well, I don't think God's going. Yeah. You can make me go. But as soon as it's like forced, it feels like Gestapo bullshit. So I'm sitting up there like in protest like barely there. And Dean Stratton, who we called well, okay. Dean Strap-on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the record. It's on the record. You were there when he shredded the coat, right? I wasn't there when he shredded the no, coat. No, dude. Put that, a pin in code because this story was. is almost over. Okay. He, she's going, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, and really having like uh, what it, full of the spirit. Yeah. Like she was feeling what we were talking about. And he, you know, it's awkward. Everyone's like, how are we going to get out of this? And it was like 1130, so it's time to get to class. Yeah. We're all thinking about the class. Oh, she's still she, going. She's in rapture. She wasn't stopping. She was screaming and crying and Dang. mighty God, and you're so powerful and just praying out loud this like – it wasn't in tongues, but it had the feel of like, and she wasn't doing it on purpose. She had to do it. No longer with us. Yeah, no longer oh, with yeah, us. Yeah. That's right. Totally. And I had no concept of no longer with us. Yeah. I was like, God is uh, something you talk about uh-huh. like this, yeah. like a Richard Pryor white person. Right. And then uh, Dean Stratton, strap on, would was trying to find a way in her prayer. To take over. Uh, oh, so he was like maneuvering his way through this. You know, you so, start with yeah. like a yes, Lord, yes, because he's got the mic. And she's like, mighty God. And he's like, yes, God, you are mighty. You are mighty. But he's really just trying to wrap it up. Oh, my God. And he did. He was like, yes, and we'll maintain. Mighty. We'll take that in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. She's still going. We left. Woke up all the bleacher people upstairs. Oh, right? yeah, not yeah, to yeah. be missed. Tell yeah. me about the ripping the coat. I mean, that's that's his that's his story. I mean, that's a very common thing, I guess, in the Old Testament, right? Oh, tearing uh, your garments. Tearing your garments. Yeah, to show, like, displeasure. Protest or displeasure. It's like burning Um, a flag or something. And, like, the Old Testament. He definitely had to have pulled, like, a tiny little rip into it before he. Because the thing just came apart. I mean, Ah, that detail. I mean, he did a little priest that he's like, I'm going to lose my temper. That was a discussion, like, at at the lunch table, you know what I mean? Was it, it pre-torn? Like, what was it pre-torn or not? Because I mean, he just Andre the Giant like shredded the thing in half, I and can't the gasp, believe... the gasp that went out over. Uh, <laughs> oh I mean, it God, was. I'm gonna write down. Yeah. Some, I got another chapel story. Why did he do it? Um, oh, to, to protest some what? probably point of scripture that was in debate, or who knows? I don't know. He was probably. I remember one time Dean Stratton called me out. Some and theological I wasn't, something. Or probably. Right, yeah. yeah. He was serious. Like these guys, a lot of the the, the people that go into teaching Christian youth yeah. to me are carrying some huge burden. Oh, for sure. Like they're carrying yeah. something. They need 
exercise from them deeply. Like the people that taught me in Sunday school were volunteers that I obviously, you know what I mean? I, I've made this point many times. I'm like, they would protest at my high school that my teach my math teacher didn't have a PhD. Uh-huh. That's true. But it down the street at Grace Chapel, some guy was like, Well, you know, if you masturbate, <laughs> you're not going directly to hell. It, and like this guy, looking back, was younger than I am. He was like 34 and he was probably jerking it and looking at fucking some strange ass pornography. And then to help himself feel better, he'd tell teenagers like, you know, God will forgive you if you stop. You should probably tie your hands to the bedpost. Ted Haggard thing. You heard that story, you know. Well, the, which one is he? Is he the one with the big mega church guy who got caught doing amphetamines and prostitutes and stuff. Yeah. Beware of the guy that's like, Woe to thee! Right, right. That's why I want to know what he tore the coat was, over. Because <laughs> that's what he was doing. It was, it was him taking a stand on some <laughs> yeah, theological something or other that was probably being debated at top levels. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, he, he, had, he had the venue, had the audience, so it was like, it was his, his time to shine. It was theater. It was Abs- theater. Absolutely. Yes. I wrote an article in the Tartan, which was our newspaper. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Uh, about how chapel shouldn't be mandatory. And okay. By that time, it was like so salacious. That's that's why I think it helped me become a comedian because it was so easy to offend people at uh-huh. Gordon. Yep. You could say very that, very thin skinned. Very no no skin. But that's <laughs> just that those anatomy all, all bodies pre, that walk around pre peeled before. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, evangelical Christianity. There's something. I mean, it's thought police. It's highly it is. people are incredibly sensitive. Um, that's which, right. Which has its pros and cons. Sure. Um, I do remember, like, I do look back being grateful that I didn't, like, get into drugs. This sounds so stupid, and I'll never do that to my kids. Okay. That's not, like, the way I, I want to do it. I want to hear this. Yeah, yeah. But I do look back, and I'm like, I'm glad I had a boring college. Cause I no, think, did you? I always wondered that. Yeah. Um, I'm glad. So, sorry to interrupt. Keep going. No, that's you. That's the, that's the no, point I mean, in well, it, fullness. You know, my, my story is, like, the small liberal arts Christian school was the first place in my life where, you know, smoked the first cigarette. Yeah. Learned how to drink beer. Yeah. Uh, kissed the first girl, had my first relationship, like yeah. all that at college. Yeah. I mean, college for me was sort of like a social emergence. But that's um, very mild. Everything you just said is well, what sure. most people yeah, did I mean, at summer camp, right? It, well, I think most oh, people... Oh, I'm not teasing. You understand. Like, I didn't even do what you did. <laughs> right. Okay, okay. So you were never on the smoker's trail then, sort no, of? No, I never went to the smoker's trail. One eye on the public safety road, one eye on the pond. Uh, I know. You see, I get the feeling that you... What was it called? Like, the wit... There was a house. This, I mean, I. this is just... It's okay. Yeah. Let the people in. I love it, man. Context I, clues. There was a true. house called The Wit. The Wit. It, and that's where the parties the, were. The Wit was the epicenter, yeah. See, we, I, I had David Vanderveen who went to Wheaton uh, on this podcast. So that's okay. as close as I've come. He's a very funny guy. And he told stories of hosting parties at the Wheaton version of The Wit. Okay. And to get in, you had to do a shot because they didn't want any narcs coming in. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You had to drink a shot or you couldn't come in because dig this. I was put on probation. I don't know if you know that because on New Year's Eve, I did drink beer. But this is by like my senior year almost. Uh, Off campus. Off campus in my house. How'd you get busted for that? Someone fucking narked, man. Really? Look out for the Christian who's not having a Coors Light because they are putting together a testimony. They straight up just ratted you out. They narked. And you know what? It was the sort of style. It was like they were an RA. And they were afraid that they would get this is this is Gordon <laughs> Gordon bureaucracy in a nutshell. Yeah. She was an RA. She didn't want to, uh, them to find out that she had been with drinkers and lose her position as an RA. Okay, so she confessed, and they still made her not an RA anymore. See, my first RA experience isn't that nuts? Yeah, that's I mean, 
that's just in hindsight is absurd. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. It's a religion built on yeah. forgiveness exactly. and grace and redemption and peace. And they're like, well, I don't think you. She narked. That's the most RA thing you could do. Harsh. For, even off campus, just like. On the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't even breaking the law. We were in my house. We bought the beer legally. <laughs> <laughs> and well, we had like three of them. Do you understand? And that yeah, was yeah, wild. Yeah. That was like, well, I'm shit faced. Oh, uh, I mean, there was one time a, a buddy and I went out to <laughs> the wit. Yeah, we, I think we were we, we were gonna go to the wit, but before <laughs> wit. We, you know, we bought a couple thirty racks of Coors Light or something like that, <laughs> and uh, so we put them in the back of the car, and uh, we left something in the in the dorm room we were in. Yeah. So you know, we drive, we get the beer, we drive back to campus to fetch this thing. <laughs> Leave the car with the hazards like on outside in front of the dorm with like eighty five beers in the back of the car. <laughs> Go upstairs in the dorm room. Someone's watching. See, the, someone's watching a cool movie. We sit down. Two and a half later. Two and a half hours later. Come out. Car is surrounded by public safety. It's like oh, forgot about that. That's amazing. Yeah. See, this is what's fun about Gordon, right? What what the story you're telling on other college campuses isn't even a story. Oh yeah, no one They'd gets a rise like, oh, on any of it. You yeah. got you parked yeah. incorrectly or something. At our school, that was the equivalent of a human body <laughs> tied up in the back. <laughs> that was as bad as that was. Oh yeah, I and that kind of goes back to my original point was I like that I I remember the first time I smoked pot. I remember being grateful that I discovered it when I was 28. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I would have 28. Wow, I was 28. Yeah. Crazy. I, I had just gotten divorced, or my wife had just left me. The paperwork wasn't even done, and my brother came up to visit me, and we smoked pot for the first time. And I didn't know. I thought it was like a cigarette, so I'm just puffing away. Oh, you weren't. You weren't. Super high. You weren't told like what was going on. He, he didn't like, say like take two yeah. hits and see how it feels. So I'm so just kind of you just you coughed your lungs yeah. out. I then... smoked it like Bob Dylan smokes a cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just wet fish hands. And I got so so high, but I remember being like, I'm glad that. This is this is kind of me putting a positive spin on the Gordon experience. Yeah. I don't like the whole en loco parentis thing where they're going to be our moms and our dads and mm-hmm. frankly way stricter than my actual mom and dad. A hundred times more, yeah. Way stricter. Yeah. We couldn't close the door with a girl in the room. There was, what, three hours a night or something, right? And do you remember this? Yeah. Nothing on Tuesday. Right. Yeah. You couldn't – it was called yep. open dorm. Open dorm. And that's when a girl could come to a guy and a guy could go to a girl if the door was open 90 degrees, if right. at least two lights were on. And do you remember this? All feet had to be on the on, floor. On the floor, yeah. I, could, I had the top bunk, so that was no, that was no easy feat. We know? used to – all my friends were girls, so we used to like hide me in blankets yeah. and stuff. <laughs> and, I w- and they would wrap me up so you couldn't tell my gender and escort me off the floor. Well, like, how, how because is- everyone was narking on each right. other. It wasn't even – it was the students themselves that were police. And, and how traumatic is this? I mean, this is like your formative seminal experiences here yeah. with falling in love or talking to a girl. For yeah. me, at least, it was. Because like I said, didn't have yeah. any stuff in junior high, high school. Me neither. I'm this with you. Your, your first shot over the bow. Yeah. You're finally experiencing this thing everyone's been talking about. And then all these rules are just surrounding it. I know. That deflate uh, what could be a really pure, innocent experience. Absolutely. And it well, just that, sort of, what... it, it, it takes it to, where, to wherever it goes. You that's know? what it my article up. was about. It was like... It wasn't very funny, but I tried to write these like farces where I was like, I had a girl over in my room and the wind blew the door shut yeah. and instantly and without my consent, we were both naked and having sex. Like I was trying to be coy <laughs> because the thing that really got my goat yep, is that there were students that were having sex. And I was like, you can't, 
you're only fucking up the shit of the good kids. Right, right. Or if you want to call that good and that bad. I'm just using their term. I feel you, yeah. So there are people off. Every year at Gordon, someone got knocked up. Do you remember that? Oh, of course. Well, that, Every year. Right. Four. Yeah. Four couples married, too young to drink at their own weddings uh-huh. because our fucking college wouldn't hand out condoms because sex is wrong. Yeah, it's wrong, but help us. Right. The sexual, We're horny. The sexual stigma was there, and it was like the way people dealt with that. The, the way the way most people seemed to deal with that, from my experience, was it was like, let's go out and get married. Because mm-hmm. under the umbrella of marriage, well, now we can get... <laughs> that's what I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know... How's that work? Uh, how that work? Yeah. <laughs> I know you're allowed to say that. That's totally okay, good. Cool. How did that work out? I mean, what is it like? A sixty percent divorce rate or something? It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, with Christians, it's, it's, it's even like evangelicals. Yeah, because you apply all this pressure to the sexual act. Well, you think uh, you I stigmatize rem- it? Mm-hmm. You turn it into this ugly thing. Um, Simultaneously ugly and magical. Because I remember I had sex with my wife before we got married and I went and told my friends uh-huh. like I was the only one that knew that the aliens were fattening us up to eat us so I feel like I had seen the truth because I had sex and then I was like oh it's like a blowjob in a vagina you know what I mean like it, it wasn't some other what's the big thing yeah yeah what's the, not only that it was it was famous somewhat famously on this podcast not great as it, it never is but then I went to my friend and I was like Dude, I just want you to know because he was getting married uh-huh. to his first girlfriend in Christian college I was like I just want you to know I've, I've been there, and you don't wake up the next morning and everything's in Technicolor. And his response, I'll never forget, was, I think it will be. As if... Interesting. Because I hadn't waited or something, that the, the spell, I forgot the eye of Newt, the cauldron <laughs> was the wrong temperature. And then, you know, of course, yeah. he knows now, too, I'm sure, where he's th- in his late 30s, he now Dude, knows. wow. But So it was stigmatized, but it was also this promise of something magical. Mm-hmm. But then people were getting knocked up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we had a narc situation, but it, it's it's <laughs> what, tough with all this because, like, well, I mean, you want to be uh, – I want to try to be, like, diplomatic. Sure, you know yeah, I yeah. Mean? And, like uh, – hmm. well, there was a certain – there was a certain teacher, a wonderful, wonderful guy uh, who would sometimes have uh, dudes over to watch movies and, like, you yeah. know, smoke cigars and drink brandy and do, like, the gentleman thing. I had a professor uh, like that. And this was post-college. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was the same one. I still have a professor uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> a dear friend I, of mine. I would go to his house all the time. Yeah. Uh, hang out, you know, In... this is old school. <laughs> Now we can't, we can't drop well, too many Yeah, hands. that's the thing, right? Okay, yeah. Sorry, keep that's it what, arm's length. See, there are these guys from Gordon that I would want to have on, and yeah. I'm like, but I don't want you to get fired. E- exactly. Yeah. And that's, uh, well, so his teaching tenure is long finished now. Um, and he's in the twilight and you know this is he's so he doesn't old, teach he, there anymore no not anymore great uh, an old school to the bone I mean this is an old a, a gentleman right yeah. this isn't like he doesn't have the man cave where dudes come over and like watch the football game he's like we're gonna watch a fine film and this uh, is he's a nice cigar and like yeah. this is brandy and like can it, I it was wonderful. see this goes back to why I'm grateful for Gordon because everything was heightened yeah just a guy being like let's watch a movie and smoke a cigar felt like we were like eating all our Halloween candy yeah. does that make sense perfectly said everyone's out doing nitrous balloons per- perfect at URI yeah and I was like, <laughs> right, right. he let me sip some cognac. Yep. So, okay, that's he, the good he, side of he, it. He got narked. He got chewed out. He got, he got narked? Yeah, so, someone took him right to the top of the food chain, and uh, he he got busted. Uh, so that was put on the kibosh for quite some time. Uh, really? I think it was resurrected once he got out of Gordon. Um, well, you know, those are the people... Go ahead, finish. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's basically it, man. Um, and that was... 
that was sort of the bad taste that I was left was left in my mouth after being yeah. there. Was a uh, well, there are these professors. Yeah. Oh, that, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 that's that, that's it, man. My heart breaks for the enlightened Gordon professor. There were so many. There were so many. I would say. By, I would I'm say, sorry. I'm so emphatic. I, I but would, there were so many. I would say the lion's share by far. All just, were great just about professors. every professor I had. So who was benefiting? Everyone was stuck. Everyone was in prison. Yeah. And we were like, could we loosen up a little bit? But right. no one said yes. Uh-huh. We voted no for ourselves. Well, some tried to break the mold, like the professor I was just mentioning. Yeah. Um, he tried to sort of rocket everyone out of this. The grip, the death grip, you know, yeah. just like no fun, no anything. Um, no free thinking. No, even. no. Well, see. Some yeah. people, not that professor or, or the good professors, oh. but there are a lot of students that were against that sort of. Were you uh, c- communications? What was yeah. it? Communications. Communications in yeah. English. I, I started philosophy, ended up doing philosophy, history, double major. Um, yeah. And there are three philosophy prof- professors in the whole school. Yeah. Um, all three of them, wonderful, uh, intelligent intellectually sharp friendly warm uh religious yeah people um, they were all like descartes people or not not they descartes. were descartes they were all all kierkegaard say, all, Kier, oh man they, kierkegaard's a celebrity of course he's, he's the he's the yeah top dog <laughs> uh saint augustine but i know. do remember taking a wonderful a, people a, a core like, philosophy class and just that we did study philosophers that didn't believe in God, and we read philosophers right. that without didn't believe in God. fear and with yeah. without the footnote that was like just FYI. But that's like, that's the footloose of it. Yeah. That you're like, you feel like you're eating your Halloween candy in class. You're like, I, does the administration know? Right. We're reading Kant yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nietzsche. <laughs> ah, forget it. Forget it. Out the window. So again, it's a little bit of a heightened reality. There's an electricity there, but there. I remember the biology department similarly, quietly pro-evolution. You know what I mean? That's right. They couldn't yeah. like tell the board mm-hmm. or the elders or the uh, the investors or whatever you call that. Right. You know, the people that write the checks that go, I like that nobody's getting fingered at my campus. <laughs> you couldn't tell them. <laughs> they'd, they'd slip it in there, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that that's badass. That was so that was that was good. Who and oh, great teachers. Love love the teachers at that school. Yeah. I I will say this one by name because Paul Borgman, Mr. Mr. Borgman. Yes, uh, who I never had a conversation with, uh, but he was tight with a lot of my friends. Yeah, and just nothing but great things to say. He about him. He was the deal. He was. He was. He the is thing. the deal. Yeah. I tell that story about him. He taught a course called Biblical Narrative, which used to give people uh, full panic attacks, like full. Life crises because you read the New Testament like a story. You a theater guy too? Um, I did the theater stuff too. But was there was no theater major when I was there, so I was okay. communications with theater focus or right. whatever. So this just like just what did it just blew the concrete off of people's minds? Kind there, of thing. Or like, I remember there was a kid in my class that like had a I guess you'd call it a meltdown. Oh uh, wow! Or a breakdown. Okay, you know breakdowns. Oh, it's like breakdowns. spiritual crisis. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you grow up military style, military school style, uh-huh. and you're told that the Bible is the inerrant truth word of God, and uh, and then you start taking a class where where they're like, the character of God changes his mind in this story, and you're like, God can't change his mind. Or Jesus appears to be lying in this story. Right. Remember the woman. Uh, that he raises from the dead, and they say, 
uh, how did you do that? Yep. And he doesn't want the commotion of being the Messiah, so uh-huh. he says she was only sleeping. Yep. So if you read that, you go, well, he that's a lie. Right. He told a lie, and he's the son of God. <laughs> and I also... Short-circuiting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's just <laughs> like spilling water on a fan. You know it. You know, and I was in that class, and I was like, that was the first taste. Now I'm a, a junkie for So that, that, that was the seed right there, it sounds like. That was and the that seed. just and it now has blossomed. Into, it blossomed like yeah. a decade later. Yes, a decade later. Right on. But fuck, fucking Paul Borgman, man. He yeah. was the deal. He was, he was, he was good people. Man. And he taught, like, poetry that yep. was, like, erotic, and it was dirty, and it was real, and stories about people losing their faith. And yeah. he saw all of it. He saw God in all of it, instead of God being in some sort of TV dinner where you're like, well, here's where we guarantee salvation. Right. And if you contest my peas, I will tear my coat. So some of those guys taught the mystics, like John of the Cross. Yeah. Those people that, like I didn't said, those, but the, the who erotic, you know, love poetry about right. being, uh, you know, penetrated by the spirit of Christ, which right. is so blatantly sexual. Right. Um, well, most of these people uh, tore Song of Solomon out of their Bible. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, is, this is a weird one. Yeah, there wasn't a class on that. No. Uh, yeah. They didn't want us getting all horned up. Right. <laughs> Who was the other? There was another. Uh, what was his name? Uh, he was more of the theater guy. Norm, Steven? Norm Jones. Norm Jones. See, when yeah. I go home uh, or I go to my parents' home, I'll go up to Salem. I'll see uh, Jamie Robbins. Yeah. Do you remember Jamie? Uh huh. And uh, Mark Stevick. Stevick. Norm right. Jones. Okay. We still hang out. Like I'm friends with these guys, and they're all doing well. I, I assume they're all doing great. Yeah. Cool. They're they're still there. Yeah, and uh, and let's stop talking about it because I don't want to get them in trouble. But there is that element where I'm like, sure, sure. There's greatness that is being limited, and again, it's not necessarily. I'm not that well informed on how Gordon is now, but I don't get the well. Feeling. I mean, they've got they've got some pretty bad press in the last couple of years, right? With uh, the we don't want to hire gay people. Yes, or, yeah. Or and that that or, that went viral in this sort of right. um, in the in the North Shore, and then I guess amongst other Christian universities, it just wasn't a good look for them. Right. Uh, so they sort of had to backpedal out of it. I'm not sure. I, I think in, enrollment might be down. I have no idea. Um, I kind of just stayed, tried to stay out of it, even though it's still part of like the discussion and the psychosphere of everything going on. There yeah. Because so. when we went to Gordon, it was like the record numbers. I don't know what it was. Why did you go to Gordon? Um, I applied to Colorado State. Where my parents went and to Gordon. Um, End of list? That was it. The following yeah. people have been I, laid off. Simpson, like, I mean, yeah, like I said, <laughs> high school, junior high, I mean, I did not have that classic United States house party, go to the prom thing. Like I was sort of just in the corner, scared all the time, vulnerable, shy, overly sensitive. Wait a minute. Did you go to Gordon for the same reason? Because it seems so safe? It seems safe. Like another place where I could you. just sort of disappear. Yeah. Uh, you could dissolve into their I, calm I, waters. I could dissolve right into exa- yeah. Exactly. Right into Koi Pond. Just I, you know, <laughs> good call. ameliorate into that yes. pond and just sort of like. I felt this. Going uh, to Gordon for me was a scared play. Uh-huh. Because I thought colleges. Now I perform at colleges constantly. I've been to every college. Not every college. Sidetrack. Side yeah. Sorry. Have you been back to Gordon to perform and do a routine or i have twice but closer to you know it was a very long time ago okay cool anyway pre any sort of recognition yep. i don't think because that's something we could talk we, we went back and played five or you six did years. oh yeah. yeah but i don't want to hijack your story no then. but what's great about you guys is there is the the transmission is there yeah we can talk i want to talk all about what your music does to me and for people 
let's get we can we can do whatever we want. The transmission is there. You don't say fuck. You know what I mean? I like to say fuck and tits and cum and guzzle. <laughs> I like saying cum guzzle. I like saying diarrhea in a cowboy boot and throw it at an old woman. I like <laughs> I wish I didn't have this cough. Uh, uh, when I did Gordon the second time, yeah. I have performed there twice. I was piece by piece getting my tuition back. So I, I did it the second time. <laughs> First time my wife was in the audience. Second time, wife conspicuously not there. Absent. And I'm on yeah. stage and there's Norm Jones in the front row. And everything's going fine. I'm doing kind of local Gordon jokes and I'm excited. And then I go, oh, there's Norm Jones. How you doing, you old SOB? I said, SOB. Whoa! It's like all the waves in the ocean neutralize the whole. Everyone was yeah. like, "You can't do an acronym of a swear word." That's that's got to be tough because <laughs> I mean, as a comedian, right? You're kind of there's such a symbiosis with the audience. Oh uh, yeah, their reaction is it kind of governs your performance. It would, I would be imagine. as if you or, you hit your guitar and the amp was off, you right? Know what I mean? Right, yeah. and even the strings didn't make a noise. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just the most. I mean, we're, we're just so loud in concert that we just barrel through any audience. But that's what makes it so powerful. powerful. Right, right. I remember that's such a vulnerable position f- for you to place yourself. I, I have a lot of respect for people that um, will do you know, whether it's quiet singer songwriter or comedian or whatever. Uh, when you make yourself that vulnerable to an audience, you can hear like you can sense right. those those moments where you say "sob" and it just sort of right. <sighs> well, you're takes, like a, takes the wind out. You're you know? like a monkey. It's like you're going on the monkey bars, and they're very close to each other. There's no period where you're just gliding through right, the air. Yeah. You need the next one and the next one and the next one, and they could drop out at any moment. So totally. there is a high wire. Uh-huh element to that what, what was it like can i tell one chapel story then tell me what it was like at the chapel here's the chapel story. yeah yeah you're gonna so you, you were in the chapel for this yeah both, not not both the dining times. hall or anything okay cool yeah right, it, it was kind of it was kind of nuts but then this is the story i want to tell because it involves a swear in the chapel and it's my favorite chapel story this is what i'm talking about gordon was this weird place where you went there probably with multiple intentions but one of them was an earnest desire for divine truth I think everybody probably had that in common. Everybody, sure. Everybody. We didn't all believe the same things, Mm -hmm. but you wanted some inkling of truth. So it was exciting when you saw something real that wasn't just, I wonder if he pre-ripped his code. I don't have a a beef with Dean Stratton, by the way. I'm just saying. Oh, likewise. It was was just He was a very passionate, intelligent guy. You can't can't hate on that. I have no memories of him, really. I just remember that we called him Dean Stratton. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we like to tease him. But anyway, Tony Campolo who is definitely a turned-on individual. Saw him at Creation Festival like 14 times. Really? Oh, yeah, man. Creation Festival sounds like... Did you ever go? No, what is that? Creation... uh, That just sounds like it's the Creation Museum. (laughs) It's like the the Christian Woodstock, man. No way! 85,000 people gathered on a farm in southwestern Pennsylvania, uh, you know... On the side of a hill, the other side of the hill you weren't supposed to go to. You know? Really? On the other side of the hill, the bad shit was happening, you know? Um, Wait, that was just the lure? That was, yeah. The lore. Yeah. I, I went over there a few times and the stories were real. Uh, Wait, people were fucking and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was Woodstock. <laughs> yeah, people, ah. people were fucking and stuff. Um, but you take it to the other you, side. You never heard of creation. No. Oh, man. Uh, you know, DC Talk, Newsboys, the whole thing. I mean, they were there. And once again, that was one of these event destinations that uh, get in the 12-passenger van, drive overnight, uh, set up a bunch of tents, have your Bible studies, try to, you know, hold hands with the girl, like, when you're walking to the stage get kind of thing. Here. And, like... Nobody uh, fucks better than Christians. I swear to... The sexual tension that we experience... If you think everything hang the universe, yeah. the creator of the universe is watching and judging. Game day. Yeah. It, it's what? Game day. It's, just totally, it's, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. 
That's why I'm saying, like, it's unfortunate that we have so many sex scandals, but I have to think that somebody that, like, slipped up and, like, what the pastor of my church growing up, like, had an affair. And I've often thought, I'm like, I bet it was, like, until he came. When he came, it was like, no! <laughs> 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 but before he came, he was like, you know, he's hearing Hell's Bells playing. <laughs> and it was the best five minutes of his life. And then the worst five years of his life. <laughs> that's like that's like Madame Bovary level passion where oh you're my like, God. my God, my family, my community, my yeah. job is all forfeit. <laughs> but damn, those some sweet ass titties. <laughs> So, creation, you were saying. Uh, you've worked all this stuff into your... <laughs> no, as you're oh, laughing, I'm like, I gotta do oh that. That God, sounds like material. Dude. Incredible. <laughs> that's, that's something. Yeah, I mean, creation, big you, festival. You uh, want to hold hands with a girl? You want to hold hands with a girl. Christian um, mingling. Christian mingling. Yeah, 101 <laughs> down there. And, and it's every a swath of every single representative of the Christian faith. You know, yeah. like there's the old timer who used to be like the uh, Jesus freak hippie back in the day. And then there's yeah. like emerging high school youth group kids who are just deer in headlights walking around like what is all these people you know because they've like me they had a youth group of like five or six kids yeah all of a sudden there's eighty five thousand people concentrated into this farm wow Uh, i mean it was badass i must have had a great time every year you know really oh absolutely this is this is what i'm at i'm not just about deconstructing the christian world i like that, that that's what I'm saying. There were these nuggets and moments. Like right. I was in the gospel choir. Yeah. And I remember feeling ecstasy, like feeling real connection. You, you were in rapture. I was in I rapture. Say, say, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. pranic reservoir was tapped, and I was really into it. Beautiful. So that was legitimate. And going to eighty five thousand people again. Some of their politics might not be my style now. Some of their styles of belief might not be my style now. But everyone there did have an earnest desire. For truth, divine truth. Exactly. And that yeah. is kind of undeniable. You get that number of people there with that vibration, it's got to feel pretty sweet. It's very exciting when you're young. Yeah. You know? um, it also feels, you're like, oh, you in, in high school and stuff, in junior high, you feel like the weirdo. Right. Because you're the Christian yeah. or whatever. And now you're like, oh, no, now there's a whole bunch of Yeah, you of always are feeling that ostr- like ostracized and then... Yeah. I mean, yeah. I learned a lot of things about production value for concerts at those. I mean, I it, bet. It was huge shows. I bet. Um, so every, I mean, there'd be bands all day on multiple, there was a fringe stage and that's where like, you know, don't go over to the fringe stage. Like no. man, someone might curse over there. No, 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 and, no. And of course I'm like in front of the stage. Ah! Like, this is where I want to be. Man. You're on the stage. Oh yeah. Balls! Up there. <laughs> Balls! <Yeah. laughs> um, and then, you know, every night there would be a featured speaker and like a big headliner and and Tony Campolo was always the dude. He was always there. Did he close it out? He was he, the he always closed it out. I mean, maybe maybe nine or ten years going. But then once again, there was one of these, these sort of infighting that happens over, like I said, some really like obscure, useless piece of theology that yeah. just does not matter. I'm gonna go pre-rip my coat. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and they get embroiled in it, and the next thing you know, like someone's calling someone out, and then like they're not invited back, and then their book sales drop. And then their congregation turns into just like a wild and crazy, you know. Um, Campola was one of those guys. And he was one of the first, if I I recall correctly. And so much of this just feels like ancient history. But it's amazing how much of it comes back when you really think about it. It's right there. No, it's right there. It's right there. Um, He, I think he was one of the first to sort of, I mean, he had a big 
inner city ministry. Mm-hmm. So he was on like the front lines, helping mm-hmm. people out who were on welfare, food stamps. Uh, he was going like into the ghetto. That's the t- Tony Campolo story. What, this wasn't the one I was going to tell you, right? But I'll never forget. And I was in an affluent Lexington, Massachusetts uh, church b- from Boxford. Yeah, and he'd right get there. on stage and he'd be like, "I remember being in some impoverished third world nation." picking children that could come onto the bus wow and going like the ones that i couldn't pick were gonna stay in the slums and we're gonna die okay yeah and then so so heavy heavy. and then he goes and it was all about money he was like we can afford to take this many and then he's like and if you could see the look on the faces of the kids i couldn't take Mm -hmm. and he says this to the lexington audience yeah look in the parking lot he goes you don't buy the eighty thousand dollar sports car and everyone's just like it's ballsy asshole. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. The the gospel is supposed to be electric, right? It's supposed to be like fuck. Yeah. Not, oh, let's totally. fail, fail, Jesus. Fire fail. you up. I, 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 gotta go. I have no <laughs> no idea what's going on in that community these days. Like yeah. that ecosystem is just a whole. I mean, I tapped out of it so long ago. Yeah. But whenever it does kind of resurface, uh, it seems like it's transitioned into this health and wealth thing. I guess I don't know. You mean like prosperity stuff yeah prosperity stuff like god's um, gonna give you a car sort of thing he's gonna give you a car uh what's the guy uh, the fellow um, joel osteen joel osteen <laughs> I, uh, okay yeah right. i actually like joel osteen i do i don't i don't i, I don't know much of anything about him th- you know? this isn't really? to protect us socially against joel osteen i i've heard yeah. that joel off stage off pulpit uh-huh. is like kind of even more evolved than he appears so he's it's one of those things it's not he, a, not an act I I guess it's not an act, okay. and then the prosperity stuff. Again, I don't I, I don't mean to be a Joel Osteen apologist, but it's like he's giving them what they need to hear, so they'll want what he says after that or whatever. I don't know. Sure, but he does who, who say who can know because it's all this. It's re- religiosity shrouded in these. It's f- very strange. It's very strange. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if he could possibly know what's going on. It's all. Yeah. It's just like happening. But I do know. I prickle now when people promise God is going to protect you and and love you and save you and don't worry about your children and and the angels and stuff. Because I'm like, for these days, and we'll get into God more later, but Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like I need a God that includes suffering, you know, that includes pain. Right. I mean, that's part of the religious, the, the Christian tradition. Certainly, suffering is such a central. I mean, you go back to Dostoevsky, or yeah. you go back to you know, you go Saint to Kierkegaard, Saint John, all these people. These mother, these so, turned on dudes. Yeah, motherfuckers. These <laughs> turned on motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. We're like guys. Right. Suffering is the vehicle. It, it's like so. I mean, if you uh, you've probably seen Westworld. Yeah. I mean, Westworld. Uh, one of the brilliant things about it. I mean, it kind of brought me back to this Christianese. Uh, it's softened quintessentially Christianese concept of suffering being the you know the top of the pyramid. Yeah, that's what gives us our humanity. Yeah, um, that's what imbues us with with consciousness. Yeah, um, you know, there's memory, improvisation, all those things. That's but very at, at, at the top yeah, of the ladder. World. Yeah, I mean that that that's when that show sort of just opened up and started really just cruising for me. Yeah, was when. It, Acknowledged suffering as being central to the chills. human condition. I have chills. Right. <laughs> it's great. I mean, that that that's what a show like that's articulating. Yeah. Um, I agree. And that that's also something that someone like uh, Dostoevsky and the brothers brothers Karamazov uh, from so long ago. His characters. I mean, they're chewing dirt. I mean, they're not yeah. like they're <laughs> they're in dirt. they're in rough places. Yeah. They're in rough spots. And but it got turned into Allstate. 
It, it was like, come over to us. Right. God will watch you yeah. on your road trip. Uh-huh. And then whenever – and I don't say this with any disrespect or, or lightly – whenever a, a bus full of youth group kids crashed or fell off a mountain, we didn't have a place in our system to put that. Right. Other than maybe cheaply going like the devil. <laughs> you know, maybe it would go the devil sometimes <laughs> – God's all-powerful, all but every once in a while, the devil Shows catches up. him when he's yeah, had, a, yeah, yeah. had a couple of chamomile teas and God's dozing off. <laughs> Feeling frisky. Devil comes and flicks the bus. Yeah, it's like, yeah. or, I, I, and again, suffering is very tricky now that I'm thinking of a real example of things like that. But our faith was like told, sold to us. And sometimes the Osteen message certainly seems like, come over here. This is where the food is. Yeah. This is where the temperature is nice. Bring it, bring in a horse to water. You know, that's it's right. Just, it's all there. And, and Hey, you're going to die. You're definitely going to die. There's the need. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's salvation. Everybody needs it. it and it, you were born a sinner. Everybody needs it. Right. It, Easy to sell. A hundred percent. Shit sells itself. It does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, the, but you're talking about those characters in the books and the, and the philosopher. I, I didn't understand. I don't know those references. So you, Oh, I mean, uh, that's just, yeah, that's the very, that's tip of the iceberg. And like, I guess unpacking that kind of stuff is, uh, once again, I I also sort of associate that with the sort of Mm. post-Christian, which for me was, man, a long time ago now. I know. 15 years ago, it feels like 50. I know. know. Um, I think back to that guy. I'm like, who was that guy? I I, I see him sometimes. I see you know, him sometimes. He comes out. He comes I'm, out a little bit, and I still have a voracious appetite for truth and whatever that is. Yeah. Um, so did he? That's why I kind of feel bad. I'm like, you're in the shallow end, and that's a fine place to start. When I think about me walking from class to class at yeah. Gordon, but the problem with me was that I thought I knew. That was the problem. The certainty. There was, and that's what will make my dick soft as margarine. Mm-hmm. Is that we do, we can say our community is nice and there's a vibration, and we. But what we got were a lot of people tearing garments over spiritual. I, I remember my RA. Me and Chuck used to say this all the time. We, his name was Gunther. It was a nickname. Gunther. 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 His real name was like Scott or something. <laughs> and fucking Scott Gunther. Yeah. We're walking by his room and he's going, it's in the scripture. It's in the scripture. Yeah, so we yeah. used to say all the time, it's, we'd, it's, we'd just be eating and we'd go, it's in the scripture. It's in the scripture. People yelling at each other, yeah. it's in the scripture. This motherfucker's like 20 years old. Dude. And he's like, it's in the scripture. Man, you you had a tough RA experience. I huh? did. So yeah. my my first. He came into my room once, and I'm listening to Tom Petty's Wildflowers. Okay. Let's get to the point. Yeah. I, let's roll another joint as the yeah, chorus. Yeah. I swear to God, he knew the song and he lingered to no. get to the chorus so he could go, "Whoa!" Just like that. My dude. He uh, didn't tell me to take it down, but or turn it off. But he was like, "Oh, <laughs> that's not in the scripture." <laughs> man, I guess it's a, like the reciprocal, like. Speaking of RAs coming into the room, I, mean, I was like two weeks into freshman year and someone brought in the Basic Instinct VHS, right? Ooh. Pops it in, start watching it. You know, I'd never seen it before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, gets, gets to the scene. The scene. The scene. Yeah, with the ice pick and the murder. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> gets to the scene, sure enough, door opens, RA walks right, right, right at the moment, you know? And this is escalating for me because I've never seen this. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just like, now two pussies are in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Gets in, walks in, takes a look at the TV, takes yeah. a look at the two or three of us. The 
can you eject that? Like, yes, yeah, sorry. Ejects it. He's like, oh, we'll be finishing this in my room if you want to come by. So, no. A hundred percent. He took it to, to his took, room? Took it into his room to finish watching it. and was like, come on down if you all want to chill. That, that's my first RA story. So, I mean, that's they, a they, great RA. They're all, they're all, we realized we all had, colors of the rainbow. We had know? a tight ass RA. We yeah, figured yeah. that out. Oh, they quickly. were there, but there, there were also some mellow ones. Like, but that's, that's that exciting thing. Uh, right, a totally. normal thing. A normal person becomes a drama. Acting like a human being. Yeah, yeah totally, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, the other Tony Campola that I wanted to tell you. Yeah. Because I wanted to spur other memories of this. I hope he's as turned on as I as I think he is. But even if he's not, he's got some great stuff. He said uh, he's on stage at the chapel, and now all the listeners have an idea of how, what our school was like. Yeah. You can get in big trouble. Like I did an improv show, and I said bastard, and I was like in trouble for that. You know what I mean? Like it was. No, I wasn't reprimanded. Uh, right, but it was sure, like sure. Yeah. a talking to sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I remember Tony Campolo is on stage, and he goes, "I'm going to be speaking for about." He's talking about poverty. You know, like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, by the time I'm done talking, uh, 30,000 kids are going to be dead, like statistically. Uh, and he goes, and most people don't give a shit. And then he goes, and now this. most of you are more offended that I said shit. I remember that. That the fact that 30,000 children are Very effective. Dead. And we were like, yeah. oh, give it to us. Was, like, it was like, was sick. he was yeah. gore in mm-hmm. that moment. <laughs> It was just like, Taking over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking badass. That, that was that was fucking badass. Every once yeah. in a while, you'd be swimming in the deep, and you'd just find a bubble, and it would give you oxygen, and you're just like, I think there's something to this. Perfectly said, right? Man, yeah. But most Absolutely. of the time, you were underwater, and you're like, What am I? Not what am I doing here? But not drowning necessarily, but yes, yeah, swimming around, submerged in the dark. Uh, uh, yep, yeah, a little dark. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But again, I, I. I I think I, I maybe I look back on it more a little bit more fondly. Um, well, I'm bringing up all the shit. Right, right. Uh, here's this goes back to our original discussion about whether or not it was good to go to a boring college uh, because there were so many rules. It was easy to be funny. Imagine it's, it's fodder, it's it, fertile soil, man. It's 1960. Uh, yeah, you're Lenny Bruce on the campus of Gordon. <laughs> you could say bastard, and everyone's like, "Who's that guy?" Right. I don't want to suck his dick, uh, but I never would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that made it easy to be funny, and I was very bored because you're. I wasn't drinking and partying, right? And right. Having sex instead, I was just like, maybe we should start an improv team. So it's not like before college you had gotten it out of your system, and then you were like, okay, I want to get into college and do this. No, and really it- like cultivate a spiritual life. And and then, like, so you were, um, like, for me in college. Yeah, what was it for you? Well, like I said, that was when I sort of started learning how to interact with 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 women. Yeah, which is, I mean, did you have sex in college? No, I didn't. Uh, it wasn't until after. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think twenty two. I was twenty two. Were you really? Yeah. Another high five coming right there. But, Hit it. Yeah. I think I might be twenty one. Uh, are we it's the right only people in Los Angeles that had lost their virginity? Oh, wow. At twenty one, uh-huh. and it was very tricky because of all the baggage. It wasn't. Just like, oh, this is another type of intimacy. It was like, right. this is a, a slap in the face of God. You know, uh-huh. like I, the moment, the, the moment, the event. Yeah, you know, I can't, uh. what what happened with you? So, it was a girlfriend out of college. Yeah, um, I guess we could build up to that because did you? You're in college. Uh-huh. How much did you buy into it? Buy into the whole scene, the whole like. Refiner's Fire. Refiner's Fire. <laughs> oh, man. Amazing Grace, the cool version. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I was raised in a congregational church, um, which was fairly strict and somewhat puritanical, but also not, like, fire and brimstone. You know, and what about your going parents? To hell. Were they? Strict? Oh, yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, they weren't 
they're they're fairly just non confrontational. Yeah. Um, I mean, the most wonderful people, non judgmental. So you um, elected clearly to go to Gordon. It wasn't like a- absolutely. You said yeah. You, uh, the other school in Gordon. Yeah. Uh, um, Colorado State. It's just I, I had that. I, I wanted to keep disappearing uh, because, like I said, it's that shy sensitivity. Um, just terrified of right. being vilified by people or call, called out on whatever. I don't know where, where it came what from. Just low, low self-esteem stuff. You know, it's kind of classic yeah. adolescent stuff that never... Well, you're also like... I never got out of my system in high school. You're super, super tall. Right, right. And I remember you having the feeling of don't look at me. Uh, okay. A little bit. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying like all the time. Uh, yeah, no, totally. But there totally. was an introversion there. Yeah. And you're so tall. Right. So it kind of like went against your type. Yeah, yeah. Um... People said I just looked angry a lot. I ah. guess that you could probably attest to that. I yeah. guess I don't know. Um, well, I did. I didn't think you were angry. Yeah, maybe moody or something. Yeah, you dark and mysterious. Yeah, <laughs> I think he was down the smoker's path. That's that's where I spent a lot. I spent a lot of time down. But there. did you like? So were you smoking freshman year? When did when did you start getting, uh, for lack of a better term, interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, freshman year? I'd say like sophomore year. Sophomore. I mean, freshman like that was sort of the burning embers of youth group life, uh, yeah. going to church, being really, again, like interested in uh, unpacking the Bible and theological issues and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, but then once I realized that I could actually like make friends and be social and like like I said, talk to girls and yeah. start cultivating what these changed? really interesting – did you start playing music? Did you, I mean, well, yeah, the music started to really take hold then, for sure. The first band was in college. I didn't really have a band in high school. Um, I played like drums in a Led Zeppelin cover thing with another dude every Friday night in the church basement wow. you know, for no audience. Yeah, you know, that was about it. No well, band. There are three but, deities that I know were there. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was it. So I, I didn't have that social structure. Um, but then in college, you get a band and you start sort of pivoting into how to behave and interact with people in the context of the band, yeah. how to interact and behave in the context of another woman um, who you, you know, are in love with for the first time, right. you know, which is such a foreign experience. Right. Um, yeah. Learning how to hang out on a couch with people at the wit and talk about stuff. You, you know got I mean? pushed into the deep end of being social. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And, and embraced it full on, really enjoyed it, loved it. And probably, you know, at times got a little carried away with it for sure. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I don't know. It's uh, kind of a fish out of water. You yeah. know? And you're trying to find your sea legs in these moments and uh, get some stability because it's also new and it's coming at you very fast. Right. And uh, you make some mistakes. Um, June Groove level mistakes? <laughs> oh, damn. That's another... Deep cut. Right that's there. Another, well, Deep June cut. Groove was the band... They were around when we were freshmen. Uh, they were. They were. Uh, Nate, who, Nate Gotham. who I still, he still comes out to he our shows in New York. Yeah. 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 He's. Uh, and Aaron Butt. And Aaron Butt, who I talk to all the time. And they, um, and, and uh, Seth. Seth Anderson also. Yeah. yeah. All These are all dudes. great guys. And they were Ama- kind of celebrities. Amazing guys. And June Groove was the band. They were the bands. And they made a hallucinogen. They, they opened for our first <laughs> band uh, ever in Gillies. The first gig I ever no played way. was down in Gillies. And With June Groove? June Groove, Brother Son. Um and these maybe maybe one other band. These are the it hits. was it was the All Star cast. It was the show where I couldn't hit the note, but maybe <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm getting it wasn't. It wasn't. Maybe, Jake Armiting, maybe he Jake, Jake Armiting was, was it? there. Yes, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And he was a veteran at that point because he had graduated, um, and he was going for it like he was just all all these people. Oh, maybe it was Brian Roberts. Brian Roberts, I think he was working like the coffee counter or something at Gillies. Oh no, he was doing sound. He was doing sound. This is amazing. Um, 
And, and there's 30 people that will enjoy every element oh, of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then this one is for them. It's okay. Uh, no, but uh, but Gene Groove, I was there was a scandal where they went online, which was new uh-huh. at the time. The internet was the anarchist cookbook back then, like it was right, very right. Uh, unfiltered or whatever. Yeah, you, and they found a recipe for a hallucinogen that Drano was a drink, and it had Drano in yeah, it. Yeah. And they didn't know; they thought it was like alcohol. Someone put it in the fridge, right? And then they all drank it, and then they all almost died. Yeah, I heard all these stories from afar, so it almost almost had a lore to it. If there was a lore, well, my pastor, the same one who had an affair, (laughs) uh, would be on stage and be like, "In our own Christian colleges, people are taking drugs and almost dying." Yeah, damn. So I got that far. They were a sermon analogy. (laughs) It's like, were they really? Yeah, that's when you hit rock bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't. You don't want to be brought up in a sermon. I can't remember if I heard about that before or after we played with them, but um, yeah, they they played right before us, and this we had thirteen people in our band, and we had no idea what we were doing. We did a twenty-five minute cover of All Along the Watchtower. That yeah. was just like an absolute abomination. I mean, wow. it was it was horrible. But they played before us, and as far as I was concerned, like they were rock gods. Gods. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? I can still see Aaron in my mind just shredding to Kingdom Come. Yeah, um, and just. Being being backstage, which was the pool table area, yeah. there, and just losing my mind, like sweating, shaking, freaking out. You know? Yeah, and that's the thing. Speaking of transition, you know, I still possess that vulnerability, that fear, uh, and that was sort of like where things were starting to collide. Yeah. So started playing some shows, played more and more and but more. But finding some confidence, F- finding some confidence you know. along the way, uh, and chipping away slowly but surely at um, those like foundational traits of who I was. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, kept going and kept following the thread. Where did it come from? Did you have a traumatic junior high or high school experience? I, I mean, we all did. Where did the, <laughs> where, where did the sort of sheepishness yeah, come from? We have this thing that we're chipping away. Was that just, did it feel inert? It did. Yeah. Yes, very much so. It wasn't like you saw a guy fall no, off a speedboat. No, nothing, nothing <laughs> especially <terrible>. traumatic. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and this is not to say that I had like yeah. I mean, I didn't have like a damaged childhood yeah. or anything like that. I was uh, very lucky to you know grow up in Boxford, a lot like Lexington, man. Yeah, uh, just lots of woods, lots of forests. Parents would open the door in the morning after breakfast. I'd come back like covered in dirt at dinner time, and like that was the thing. You know, that's, that's just how that's how I grew that's up. That's amazing. You know that's what I mean? Great, yeah, uh, well, they free ranging or yeah. something they call it. Yeah, if you uh, hit the train tracks, turn around. Yeah, there there were no screens, there were no devices then, you know. So yeah. oh, there were no devices. <laughs> uh, none of that existed, uh, and I really was lucky to be able to embrace all that. But it also uh, that kind of that way of being cultivates a kind of an isolationist mm. thing. Yeah. Um, well, playing in the woods all day. I mean, playing in the woods all day. And it's a very solitary And you're seeing thing. value in it. You're like, it's nice to be alone. It's good to be quiet. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, you end up 37 and single. And it's like, oh, maybe that isolation <laughs> thing. Hmm, let's rethink about it. Let's, yeah. let's go back and take a look. Uh, a whole other story, of course. But Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, I think it kind of started there. And then slowly but surely, you just start, you know, picking up people along the way and learning how to... And be, be in friendships, yeah, and be in relationships, and uh, like that all started at Gordon. You had you know? a Gordon gr- uh, girlfriend. I did, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did I know her? Oh, of course. It, it was uh, <laughs> a small group. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was Chelsea Butcher, man. That's, it was. It sure was. Yeah. Oh, I already brought her up. Yeah, you did. Well, here's why. Because Chelsea diplomatic, told me, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you. Ah, yeah. I love Chelsea. Chelsea She's told wonderful, me wonderful. Yeah. Um, she told me about Caspian. She did, and she said. Because I always knew, talk about lore, I'm at college, 
And there aren't that many creative people. I mean, there are, uh-huh. but there aren't that. It's not like shows are happening all the time. The improv team would perform every two months. Or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what he did. Barely performed. Okay. I don't know why we did that. That's always one piece of advice I give college kids. I'm like, just do a show every week or have open rehearsals. There's, it's improv. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have to write it, just be there and do it, yeah. and you'll get better. We were doing. We were. We made such a big deal of the shows. I wish we hadn't. But then I'd hear tell of this band in the chapel on like holidays and uh-huh. you know rehearsing and then there was leaving 99 dude you I cannot believe you remember yeah. this, this yeah. well there was a there was it, it she was always spreading spreading the good word about well she's like what, a manager yeah agent, totally or I, a pr person she would have been a very good yeah. one of those yeah yeah, yeah for yeah. she does that she did she, i guess she might still do it for me but she definitely did do it cool. for me like she's like you got to go see Pete and yeah, yeah. the first time or it was the second time i did stand up at Gillies she was in the front row and i recorded i wish i had the audio tape she was dying laughing circled the wagons and come check this out exactly. everyone's down there, yeah. She definitely had a, a, a pension for that. She and wanted other people to shine. Mm-hmm. It was kind of nuts. Yeah, to share in her enthusiasm. There are right. a lot of people like that at yeah. Gordon. Um, Shane is another one. Like, yeah. A lot of like good souls. You know what I mean? Just salt, like salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. Right. Sweet, good people. Uh-huh. Shane came and visited me on the set of Crashing, the show we just yeah. filmed. And it was almost like... I, I, it was so great to see her and it was so fun, but I almost felt like dirty. I was like surrounded by so much show business. Someone's handing me a coffee. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm not yeah. like yelling at it. There's nothing, none of that, but you're just kind of like someone. You've changed. Doing yeah. your makeup. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's Shana who just looks like a human heart. You know what oh, I mean? And you're just like, yeah. ah, you know, the cartoon version of a human heart, the, totally. pr- the pretty one. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of like, I'm sorry. This is the, the scene in the movie where I'm a big time or you're, I'm afraid you think I'm a big time. Well, you haven't seen them in forever so you assume that they haven't changed but they assume that you have and so there's that weird sort of interaction with each other where it's i'm the same person i'm just doing some other things right Um, i'm sure you get that too well yeah you spend you at the outset you have to spend some time sort of digging out of that uh stereotype i guess a little bit right um and that's okay um, but there people was, form their assumptions about whatever you're doing or you whatever. You can't control it. You can't. You can't. Yeah. That took a long time for me to like get my hands around. Yeah. Because you know? for a long time it was so elusive, and I felt like I was always playing catch up with people that I hadn't seen in a while, and they assumed that like, oh, you're on tour, you must just be like, you know, getting laid all the time and going on private jets. And right. Shit. It's like, no, I just loaded like 1,500 pounds of gear into the back of a van for like the 12th year in a row, and <laughs> I'm tired, and we're going to a Hojo's, and like, yeah. you know. Well, I'm still the same guy here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, that's that's way more rock and roll. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's still it's still pretty rock and roll yeah. for us, man. Yeah, for uh, sure. Which is cool. I, kind of, I mean, in some ways, like wouldn't have it any other way because it kind of keeps keeps it fresh and like still cutting our chops. But well, there is that thing of like postponing your happiness. Is like uh, I'll be happy as a member of Caspian when we're on the cover of Rolling Stone. It's like right. enjoy it now. I think is the game for comedians, artists of all types. Totally. It's like you have to enjoy. Like oh man, look at me eating my balls in an open mic. <laughs> You have to find a way to enjoy even that. Yeah. Look at that as the inclusion of suffering. Totally. You're like, oh, I'm growing. Oh, that full circle, dude. Right? Absolutely. You start going like, oh, this is the fire that burns away all my shit, Mm -hmm. and I'll be a better comedian. You acknowledging the climb. Yeah. You know, that, that's sort of what it comes to. That was a weird, yeah, but yeah. 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 <laughs> you, know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, there's no, we're just kind of, we're, 
you start floating down some river and you think it's going to, you know, end up in this giant, you know, beautiful, glistening ocean or something. And it's just a river. That's all yeah. it is. It's almost and like what we're just saying. Just going to keep going down it. Right. You know. And it's just sex. It's not a different world post-sex. Right. Yeah. And you become a, a musician. It almost sounds like a marriage. You know what I mean? It's yes. Like, there's these times. There's right. these times. There's these negotiations. There's this. Mm-hmm. There's that. It's basically, to me, one big process of like demystification i guess is no, a way to life yeah yeah <laughs> and i don't mean that in a melancholy morose yeah. way uh, but acknowledging that uh, and then figuring out what to do with it yeah. and what to pivot into um after that's acknowledged is too it's interesting it's very difficult as you know but i love it trunk uh trungpa rinpoche trungpa rinpoche. <laughs> i can't say it right trungpa rinpoche said uh, enlightenment is the ego's ultimate disappointment. Huh. I like to say final because I think he means ultimate, like at the end. And then he also says, "And then what?" is a is a big thing of his. It's like, and then what? It's like you get the thing, and then what? He's like, "What do you, what do you think is going to click into place?" It's it's right. this, mm-hmm. it's this right now. That's another way of saying it. it's like. Uh, we talk about this all the time, but it's like, I'll be happy when the van gets to the gig. Yeah, try to just realize that it's this. Right, not going. When I smoke that first cigarette after the show, I'll, you know, totally enjoy that too, but try to enjoy the tuning as well. Yeah. I mean, it's something like you ever read John Updike before? Not Ring as much as I He's wish. actually a Beverly guy. I know. I love a and You used to drink at uh, KC's all the time. You remember no KC's? You ever go there? I, I went Here's to, another tangent. Uh, we could just do this forever. I think I, I did go to KC's <laughs> and the something horse. Yeah. The wild horse. Wild horse. Still there. Yeah. Still, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but John Updike had this thing called, um, Midas's law, and it's a very simple truism. It just says, you know, possession. How does it? Possession diminishes perceived value. That's mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. once you possess whatever it is that you're chasing after, the value of the thing is the thus diminished. Yeah. Um, which, Whoa. Yeah. I mean, that it's like of, the Weezer song. I'm not even being funny about butterflies. Yesterday yeah. I went inside. Right? Right. And it's wonderful when that truth is articulated in a, something like a Weezer song, yeah. which has like a bit more of like levity and it it's sounds, a little it's, lighter and it's not this it's like austere. A like, it's, it's, it's a blow a, pop. It's a yeah. green apple blow pop. Yeah, like, yeah. This is just Weezer, but right. then instead of gum in the middle, there's a profound uh-huh. truth. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he come up with this? God, well, I'm excited to talk to you. It makes, yeah, it, no, makes, like, it, it makes like, a difference. Totally. Like, some days I'm sleepier. But uh, yeah, so that makes sense. Well, yeah, and that that was, uh, I mean, it's like once that's acknowledged, um, I don't think that's a neg- necessarily a negative acknowledgement. Um, yeah. Well, but, neither is enlightenment being the ultimate disappointment. You're just right. kind of like, it's all, nothing is coming. Sure. That There's freedom. You can say nothing is coming, sad. You can say nothing is coming. Right. Which means it's all here. It's it's your it's a different way to look at it. Yeah, it's a well, it's a much more zen sort of right. like, withdrawn um, well, uh, in a way. Mike Kaplan, who's an atheist, was on the show and he was like, "I look at it positively. I go, this is all there is. So this is all there is, mm-hmm. which means ah, it's it's here now. It's so precious. It's mm-hmm. so valuable. Yeah, it, it. This is it. This is it. So if this is it, then, you know, then this is it. The, like make hay while the sun shines. That's on, right. On whatever it may be. And gather some rosebuds. And it's and as you know, it's in such antithesis to the way we're we're raised. Later, which is like yeah. Later, yeah. We'll see who's laughing when I'm in heaven. Uh huh. Exactly. Hello <laughs> uh, down there. Right. Yes, I won't have a camel light, but we'll see who's <laughs> laughing when I'm in heaven. <laughs> what would that laugh be like? <laughs> <laughs> You're standing on a cloud, majestic. 
<laughs> that one short circuited. I, I know. That perfect. That definitely went over the limit. Of, yeah, that's got to be in there. You got to peak the level for that one, and just the little distortion. Is it needs. Help. Yeah. It's perfect. I'm, I'm honored as the as the. Perfection. Do you call yourself the front man of of Caspian? Is that okay? The front man. Yeah. No, I mean I'm the tall guy who stands in the middle. But people do like. I think. Are you the founder? No. uh, So I I, The band was started by myself, Calvin, um, Chris, and Joe. So the four of us started it in around 2003 with no intention to all Gordon people. All all Gordon people. Um, I was a year ahead of Cal, and Cal was uh, a year ahead of Chris and Joe, I think, or something like that. And this is after leaving 99. After leaving 99, yeah. Which had a vocalist. Which had a vocalist, had 14 alternating members. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Quite quite the band. Um, You guys were very excited to start music. We were stoked. Everyone. Flying high. Come and play. Bring it in, yeah. 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 That is my my favorite parable, by the way. I was in a. Oh, I still love to it. To find the lost one. That's right? great. Yeah. I talk about it all the time. After that was a band called Holly Sawyer Rifle Company. That was probably when you started to, I think, that was after college. So it was like 2000, moved, 2003-ish, college, 2004. Was that was kind of like a more indie uh, alt-rock band. Um, you know, we How were all, many people in that? Four. Just a four-piece. Uh-huh. So vocalist, bass player, drummer, and myself. Same uh, vocalist as... No, maybe. no. A different vocalist. Um yeah, but great guys, and we were just sort of starting to get our post-college, trying to trying to find our bearings in a post-college world. Right. Uh, so you know, that's the feeling. It's it's no longer cute that you're in a band. Now you're just in the now wide, it's like, open west. Well, what am I going to do here? Yeah, with the wild west. Yeah, it's man. the wild west. All of a sudden, you're like, exactly. Nobody gives a shit that I'm in a band. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is. I think it's still cool. Yeah. But, uh, now it's not as cool. Right. It's yeah. a, uh, my well, friend- this, that's when the stigmas start coming in because it's like, okay, well, that was fun in college when I was drinking beer on the couch at the party, but it's like, okay, we want to have a family and it's time right. to like get a job and like use the major for something or maybe go back to school. And we well, start like, seeing the scale. Yeah. Like I could put yeah, a piece here, swing. but then this starts going down this way. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that was a great band. Really great guys. I, I'm, I'm still convinced that if that band stuck together, um, it could have probably, I mean, it was just, it was accessible mm. songwriting. Really? Frontman was just a phenomenal, phenomenal lyricist. Yeah. I mean, one of the best lyricists. It sounds like a Mudbone story. A Mudbone. Yeah. Do you get that reference? Nope. Mudbone was the guy before Pearl Jam became Pearl Jam. Oh, Mother Love Bone. Mother Love Bone. I got you on that. Fuck my face. That was Stone. Who's Mudbone? Mother Love Bone. yeah, Mudbone. Shit, that I was... get so few opportunities to be kind of cool. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. You should start a band. <laughs> uh, no. But those stories, there's always the band before the band. Exactly. And there's always the front man before the front man. And yes. you're like, that, it's the same with comedians. Right. Whenever you see a black and white photo of four comedians, it's Whoopi Goldberg, Robin Williams, Bobcat Goldthwait, and then like a big fat dude, and they're all like, <laughs> no one could follow Jerry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. What happened to Jerry? He exploded. <laughs> like, he's gone. Yeah. Like, we can't find them. No longer with Yeah, us. yeah. They're, they're, they uh, burn up. They yeah, burn up yeah. so fast. Well, what happened with Rifle Company? Uh, you know, it's just everyone started getting different priorities. Um, and it was a hard truth to accept that that band was going to, you know, part ways. But we did. It's like um, the, to- the grind of it? Uh, yeah, I think it was just a priority shift. Um, Rehearsals even? It was like we can't even agree on how much we're going to practice? Uh, a little a little bit. Um, I think... It, yeah, I mean, I th- well, it's hard to explain. Yeah, um, and you don't want to step on anybody's toes, I'm sure. Well, no, I mean th- that's the thing. Like, no, no bad blood yeah. with anyone I've ever played music with. No one ever like just totally took a shit on my dreams and yeah. like tried to flush it down the toilet. And I, like, I'm 
constantly revolting against that yeah. or anything. And um, you also avoided the toxic type of relationship where it's like, I fell in love with you because you're a musician. Yep. Now please stop. Exactly. It's the Patrice oh, yeah. O'Neill bit about catching sharks. You're mm-hmm. fishing for sharks. And then they're like, you catch a beautiful shark. And she's like, stop fishing for sharks. Yeah. Wow, I, like, I like that. You love me because I'm a shark fisher. Oh, I like that. You don't have to fuck the sharks, but you can stay yeah. an exciting, vibrant person. Uh-huh. But uh, you you avoided that. That's a good thing. I know you're saying you're 37 and single, uh, but it's also kind of like you didn't get the thing, the sirens calling you to the rocks. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that's a, a, a women or that. I'm saying there's temptations all along the way. You could have fell in hard with drugs. You could have fell in hard with booze. Right. Yeah. You could have had a, a, the type of relationship that maybe was wonderful but would have stopped the music. And I personally, as a huge fan, I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I would never uh... – that's just not that wouldn't be my speed i just you I, wouldn't I, have done I, it i couldn't couldn't have done it yeah you know? um so all the relationships i've had which have all been wonderful uh like they they got it they, they got it 100 percent. so that was never that yourself. was never what would throw it off the tracks you, you know? knew yourself well enough though to up front be like this is the deal it was it was known yeah yeah it was it didn't even almost like was unspoken that's um, cool just because i've been going for it for a while now so yeah well yeah. now you can see valerie my girlfriend now knew the deal and that's a great thing uh-huh. going and it's like just so you know i'm i'm kind of like a tr- troubadour comedian guy who's obsessed about laughing and that was that ever a source of uh problems i mean well i'm, I'm thinking in my marriage for example okay. i don't think she knew the deal necessarily just how serious you were about it or she said in the breakup uh she was like i don't want to be pete holmes's wife as if like pete holmes was a thing she was like i don't want to okay. be a can of coke's wife <laughs> while you're getting a f- stupid fucking photo savage. shoot yeah, yeah it is savage but it was honest uh-huh. and in her defense she didn't really know just how insatiable i was to like not not just it's not about making it it's about like making the comedy and like doing it and being in the scene and meeting comedians and having pizza with them mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's that had it had to be difficult man but you mm. never you didn't run into that no, I never did. Yeah. Um, never. But then where did Caspian's coming in? Okay, so yeah, that band split up and then um well, I sort of had this the kind of music that we play as you know, it's it's called they call it post rock. Post rock. Which is a term that everyone who plays it like bristles at immediately. It um, is weird because it sounds like it's not rock and it It's just sounds like it's, it sounds it, like it's better than rock or something. Uh, and, you know, that, at least that's what I infer. Every it's like time when we talk it. about being post Christian, it's like it's oh, like we're looking back oh, and like fools. Yeah. I see I, I I hardly would ever use that's oh, a yeah. good connection because man, yeah, fools, exactly. Yeah. Um, Nobody's saying that. Yeah, well You it, like rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, dude. Exactly. Like, I don't know. I, I I don't like the term, but that's sort of the genre of music. People yeah. have to compartmentalize these things, however they do. Um, right. So I I discovered that kind of music sort of accidentally in two thousand and two. Um, you know, I did the classic. You remember Newbury Comics on on one fourteen, right? Wait, the real the on Newbury Street. Uh, no, the one it was in Danvers. It was kind of near like the North Shore Mall. Oh, I went to the Burlington one. Oh yeah, okay. which I still can't right believe is closed. That was. We went there every break. Yeah, oh, that was that was a great location. <laughs> it was awesome, excellent spot. You can find the Three's Company on VHS for four dollars. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it was awesome. Yeah, your boy Ritter. Yeah, yeah. this is me. And then it was the first place that sold T-shirts that said like "fuck" on it. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, this is total great. counterculture. Yeah, like, yeah. Not a, a weird place to go to after youth group or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they sold tip, eight. tipping the scales. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'll put yeah. a little piece back over here. No, I, I mean I did that thing where I was. In what that, did you discover? Well, so. You you know, I, I kind of did the roulette thing. So I was like, I'm going to walk into the store. I'm going to walk to the second aisle. I'm going to walk 13 paces, put my right hand out, pick up a CD, put it in, 
uh, drive to Singing Beach. You know, you know, I'm yeah. Singing Beach. And this is like the death grip of February winter in Massachusetts, yeah. which you can picture, right? Yeah. Sun goes down at four o'clock. At the beach, too. Um, like some orange street lamp is illuminating like cigarettes in a shitty like snowbank that's melting. It's just like the worst time. Just Manchester by the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just picture Manchester by the same. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. So I went in and I... You know, stuck to my guns and picked up picked up a CD, paid for it, put down ten bucks, and you know, drove to the beach. And this one I had a ritual of like listening to music and engaging, which I still have. Yeah. Um, and you know, put in the record and played a full blast. Sort of sat back and uh, but it was on a boombox. It wasn't. No, it was in my car. Oh, car, car, car stereo. Oh, car, 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 car. I, I had a great stereo with the subwoofer and all that stuff. Um, and you know, put it back. And the first ten minutes of whatever this was was this really like melancholy classical sounding music with some you know abstract ambient guitars and i was a little bummed because like oh, i wanted to get a rock record uh, yeah i'm a rock and roll guy here Should have done fourth but this row. is this is sad as hell right um and it kept building and building and it kept climbing uh, for the course of you know five five or ten minutes whatever it was and then all of a sudden there was that moment where everything just coalesced and the bass and the drums come in and it was like unexpected this is a rock record yes wait i thought this was like some neoclassical shit what's going on yes and then like that that it just it knocked me out it was a record by a band called uh, godspeed you black emperor have you heard of them before they're the you know the original issue when it comes to the kind of music that we do this sort of emotive instrumental rock music uh, you know founded in 1996 um yeah they're the band i look for other groups like Compliment alert, like Caspian. I do have God as an astronaut. I do have ex- oh, yeah. explosions. I, yep. I do have this will destroy you. Uh, Pelican. I go back to Caspian though. I this is that's the compliment. I, I don't know what it is, but well, I'm getting a yeah. different. I do know what it is. I get something more delicious for me. It, it feeds me more. Right. I'm like I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I know you. And let's be fair, it could be that. But uh, I don't think that's the case because mm-hmm. you know. You learn about post rock, and then you should just like post rock. But I keep going. Oh, Caspian is what I want, right? And that that to me, I mean, that's such a huge compliment, Pete. Yeah, because, it's uh, not just music I can read to or whatever. Right, like it's not, yeah. un, it's not like oh, it doesn't bother me when right, I'm working. Right. It's not that. Oh, I remember it's show, like you I put remember it on and you it, enjoy it. Right? Yeah, I remember showing it to. I mean, this thing that record took my life over. So I, I didn't go to work. <laughs> I didn't go to work for a week. I didn't talk I to my. I can't believe it's because you randomly did, didn't talk to Claw gamed it. Yeah, who I could have picked up like a Paul you know, Abdul Paul, for every Wow, it was about like this came out. I heard, wow. I, but I yeah okay um, so okay. It didn't talk to the girlfriend. Didn't go to work. Didn't eat. Uh, uh, just like. I gorged on this really? band. Yeah, I went to every Newbury Comics I could find, and I just stockpiled all their records. Um, and it, on the bottom right of the CD was this uh, logo for their record label called Constellation Records um, in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was like conjuring visions of the apocalypse and all this stuff, like just intense. It was it was taking my mind over. Yeah. Um, so. Wait, started, what was the uh, visions of the apocalypse? Oh, I don't know, man. I have a very vivid imagination. When you listen to the music, when I listen to the music, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah okay. it just it, things came out of nowhere. Yeah, um, that it always felt like they had always been there, and it was sort of like exhuming them f- like back from the dead or something. Well, that yeah. we'll talk about that. I want to. Yeah. About that. Uh, so like that that was a definitely like that was a huge moment. Um, 
And yeah, like you said, I, I showed the guys in my current band that record, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I think I could, I could paint to this, or I could read to it, or something. Ah, I was like, no, this is, this is more here, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that didn't, I'm trying to think that of the comedian it, equivalent. It didn't fracture the band. Uh, but it definitely created a conversation. And then, you know, I started going down the rabbit hole with that music. And then I discovered Mogwai and Explosions in the Sky and all that stuff. And this is when this was in its infancy. I didn't know anything about the genre, anything about the style of music, what they were communicating, their motivations behind it. Of course, me being like, you know, a recovering Christian, I was like, yeah. there has to be some spiritual element to this. Because uh, that still wasn't quite out of my system. Yeah, yeah. Um, Buddy, you're talking to somebody who used to... F- actively fantasize that Tim Armstrong from Rancid was a Christian. Oh yeah, it's, like, I know. That, I, I would, know that. I would yeah, enjoy the music more if I knew he was saved. Exactly. <laughs> That's what would like push it over the top. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I wrote the record label this ten-page, you know, philosophical nihilistic nihilistic treatise of like. <laughs> The world is ending. Like this is ruining my life in the best possible way, wow. uh, and it connected. It connected to something really innate inside of me that, like I said, had always been there. It Wait, was the, it woke up a feeling of temperance. Like the world is really ending. No, 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 no. no, okay. no, no. Uh, yeah, just your your world was rock, my, it, rocked. It, it was rocked. Yeah. yeah, and I'm one. Of, I'm that type of person. I don't know. There's probably like a psychological way to to state it easier, like a, a personality type or something, right? Uh, but you know, for, when when I get into something, it, it's a very uh, it's it's like an addictive kind of thing. Um, no, I the number of people on this podcast that say uh, it's just me, but when I get into something, I really get really into it. really get into That's it. Almost every. I, I, I have more like depth than breath. I guess you would sure. say. You know what I mean? Um, I would say that is a something that people love diagnosing. I just learned that that is something that people that have Aspergers do have that sometimes. Right. Not all people with Aspergers are the same, but some people with Aspergers have that like. Only this. Yeah. And I have that, so I was like, oh. I, I think I've got a little lick of that then. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost Maybe, every, who knows? Like, almost everybody I have on the podcast can relate to that sort of like, I found comedy. Right. And I started transcribing, this is me, I transcribed the albums. You know, it's like, yeah. who does that? Like, that's a weird thing to do. Yeah. With little numbers, what the laughs were. You got a three on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know, it. It, it, it like what's it, the name of the band again th- that band was called godspeed you black emperor uh and they they got me sort of started off on the path and um then yeah i showed it to the guys in the band and like they liked it but they weren't really knocked out nobody was really turned on no they weren't they weren't knocked out like i was about yeah. it um which was fair everyone's got their own taste but it just wasn't their thing then you know a couple years later once i was sort of well no maybe a year later when i was really in like the that absolute grips of this style of music i ran into cal yeah, and Cal has this huge appetite for music. Uh, you know, we're both coming from like the anything that sounds good school, I guess. Okay, so it's not like you're we, not like we a, were, everything with country. Well, like, yeah, we, we, we weren't like the hardcore punk kids yeah. who were just like really dogmatic about like, nope, this is good, this isn't, right. this is good. Like, no, this band is from this city, so they're right. off flavor, they're straight right. edge or whatever. Like, it wasn't that. It's like whatever sounds good. We were like, if you had a synthesizer, it wasn't DIY. Yeah, exactly. So like, not well. Kids can't afford a synth, man. Right. I didn't like Soundgarden because they had like five string bass. You weren't a Soundgarden guy. No, I did, but I didn't like that they were like that. They did tunings that were like oh, right, hard right. to replicate. Totally. I was like, you should be able to bang this out uh-huh. on a guitar. Yep. <laughs> like it was very uh, utilitarian. Exactly. I really I thought it should be easy to eat. Yeah. And reproduce. Totally. And I was like, let's cover Black Digest, Hole Sun, and yeah. I was like. Tune down to a B. Get the fuck out of my face. What am I, Beethoven? <laughs> <laughs> 
So you meet, you run into Cal. Yeah, I ran into him, and I told him I was really digging all these bands, and then he gave me a, a record from a band called the Appleseed Cast, um, and that was the Same final. Work. That was Post it. Post rock too. Well, more of like an indie rock band, I guess. I still don't really know what indie rock is. Me neither. Um, I think it's rock and uh, I, I'm in an indie rock band, and yeah. I don't know what it is. It, it always reads to me as it's a rock band that you'll like. That, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that cool. This is a cred bid, right? Right, right, yeah, right. You'll, you'll like you guys. either will like it or you'll tell everyone you like it. it. Exactly. <laughs> and it's funny because he gave me that record, and when he gave me it was a record called Low Level Owl, and once he gave that to me, and I processed it, I processed it. I was just you know, it once again like put its claws in there and just took me over. Um, I was like, dude, let's start a band that sounds like this. Wow. Um, so now come full circle, 12 years later, our show at the Terragram in October, yep. we were on tour with the Appleseed cast opening up. So did I you, didn't you, see yeah, the you opener. The, right, that's, 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 I had a show. Yep. yep. Yeah, I came late. But um, I, did, I, I was there before you guys went on. I right. can't believe it. How wild is that? Right? They open? That's amazing. Yeah, you, you, wow. Yeah, that that's was so cool. For all of us, that was a moment, you know. I um, feel bad that I missed that. But oh, they, sound, they sounded great. They'll be back, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, but yeah, I, you'd, you'd like their music. Yeah. Um, well, that brings me to the music. Yeah. So going back to what Chelsea said, she goes, people go to Caspian and there's no words. This is how, you know, lay people were just talking about it. You know, we're in college. This is always the best, yeah. though. You know, this is way better than this pontificus slew of like, <laughs> She just goes, yeah. it's like rock and roll or it's like rock music, but there's no, there's no singer. And I was like, what? And then, but the thing that I never forgot was she said, people go and they weep the whole concert. Uh, and I was like, what? So going back to the kid who used to yeah. pretend that Tim Armstrong was a Christian, uh -huh. I was like, she kind of articulated in some way that I don't recall that there was, way before I knew the word transmission in the spiritual way, some sort of transmission happening. Mm -hmm. There was a frequency of something divine, something special was happening that was moving people. Something special, yeah. And then, and this is something I've always wanted to talk to you, because when I saw your show, where was it? The... The pianos. No, not pianos. Oh, most uh, recently. Uh, Terragram Ballroom. Terragram. I also saw you at the Middle East. I've seen you guys a bunch. Yep. And it's always this like sound bath thing that helps me understand how nothing is, is the thing. Meaning when I speak, I'm doing the best to communicate what's inside me. Mm -hmm. I always picture like black and a swirl of purple and I'm yep. trying to be like – I'm horny. And like, that's as good as I can do. You're thinking colors. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Uh, but you know, I'm just saying what it feels it. Me, like me too. inside. Oh, it feels beautiful. like a galaxy yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're all doing our best to take our insides out, but it's all, it always loses something in the journey. Uh -huh. You know, you feel something, then you bring it to the language center, then it comes out and then people hear it. And then they hear it with all their baggage or their filters. And so nothing is, we're all scoring in the in the C's. We're getting like a seventy percent at best okay. of what we're trying to say that is going on in our lives. Here's with language. Here's a, so then when you have something like jazz or you have something like Caspian, yeah. you're going, oh yeah, don't even try. Mm -hmm. Try meeting the thing where it exists as vibration. Right. That's yeah. I mean, I I always sort of I balk at even trying to explain what it is about what even what we're going for. Yeah. Uh, because you just explain it in a way that's a million <laughs> times better than I ever could. But that's and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I yeah. mean, that really is a wonderful, vivid. I mean, accurate description yeah. 
of like our ambitions behind it. Yeah. I, I, I much prefer listening to people's reflections, good or bad, um, and how they receive and approach this stuff than me trying to like explain it and demystify it. That's way, great. You know? well, I, I, but that's such a beautiful... Yeah, I love that. You know? I appreciate I that. Really do. Well, there's another way I'll put it. Is that like sometimes I listen to music and and it's the you know it's the beginning, uh-huh. <laughs> it's the before the singing starts. Yep. And then you're feeling it evokes a certain feeling, and then the lyrics happen to be this person's very unrelatable to you in that moment. Arbitrary. Arbit- like, it's yeah. like why are you why are you telling me about your dog? Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand. Like and maybe sometimes you do you did just lose a dog and it's great, but you're kind of like the thing that's great about Caspian and music like it I suppose is that there's always a drum inside of me. There's always like a, a sound inside of me. Uh-huh. And I can project onto that whatever I need. Yeah, with, I mean, with the, when you're talking about someone singing about something like personally specific, like a dog or something, yeah. uh, that, that can often be powerful. For you, know, you sure. listen to George Jones singing about like drinking too much beer. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I, I feel you sometimes. Right. But that was exclusive to you. <laughs> um, but you're, you're witnessing his individual catharsis. That's right. Uh, with the music. Whereas I think what, what we want to do is kind of make it more of like a collective catharsis yeah, for everybody. That's it. You know, it's like a ski lift yeah. and you can get on and it'll take you up, but you're on it. Uh-huh. It's it, not watch me ride the ski lift. It's ex- like, I'm exactly. going to take you on the ski lift. Yep. And then there's redemption in mm-hmm. the music mm-hmm. there. And these are, maybe you could speak to this better than I could, but I mean, there'll be some sort of conflict and I don't even think of this this way. I don't want you to think that I listen to Caspian with my head. I listen to it with my heart. Don't, oh, no, I don't. Me. Don't at all, yeah. But there is something happening that uh, resolves. You know right. what I mean? I don't mean... <laughs> I mean, like... End credits. It, yeah, yeah. it goes somewhere. There's clearly a lot of feeling. Like, mm-hmm. the thing that's surprising about the show is how fucking rock it is. You know what I mean? You guys A lot of people don't expect the, that when they come yeah. in. They expect it to be a shoegazing thing. Where, <laughs> like, you know, like, you're just staring at your laces, and that's cool. That's great. No, Not it, us. Like, it's a very... It's like, it's a workout every show. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's like... It's very physically involved, but that's just our sort of external manifest manifestation of all of it, you know. But even that energy going into the, it really yeah. does feel like a, a a bath. It feels like an energy bath, and you're absorbing it and you're yeah. getting it. And it, it, I, the people that I think external manifestation of an inward conversion sound familiar? <laughs> no, that's uh, baptism, right? I mean, we're going to so these Christianese <laughs> things are sort of popping into my head. Here. I kind of can't. Like, we, yeah. But anyway, isn't it sorry. funny yeah. that after all of that schooling, yeah. I started to see Christ or whatever you want to say in my whatever you want to call yourself. You, you, the, we're not uh, wearing Oxford shirts and yeah. khakis, mm-hmm. and we're in some club, and I'm drinking, and and it, whatever you want to say, and it's very secular. I right. don't like that word, but it's very secular. And then you go, oh. It reminds Richard Roy says you don't come to God by doing it right; you come to God by doing it wrong. And he's like, "What a wonderful place to hide uh, grace and truth I like that. in the wrong way." Yeah. Not the not to say that there isn't some virtue to being like a decent, friendly person. Totally, totally. Yeah. But I, I was like, "Oh, for all the like fuck that shit," to have Caspian with me ever since I left college, and because of the strange bond to you and following the band is mm-hmm. kind of like a proud alumni or whatever yeah to then feelings mutual right i appreciate that but then coming to a place where i'm like oh shit i think this has some god in it (laughs) interesting all music does but i mean this is in a different way yeah i mean some 
some god, I guess. It's like sort of hmm, yeah, that's a that's a loaded one for sure. <laughs> well, it brings me back to Chelsea people crying. Why would you cry right, right. at frequencies? You would cry when someone sings the rose. Uh-huh. Cuz in the winter underneath the phone or the bitter snow. Yeah. We get that. Mm-hmm. But then you play something that is just kind of overwhelming, and I'm not talking about decibly. I'm talking about it just happens to get inside you. Right. That seems to me like people a great- that that's been that that's been occurring with music since the beginning of time. Yes. You know, even with or without any spiritual connotations or connections, music has been providing that experience that's for it. our species since day one. Right. And there's something very mysterious and beautiful about the you know connection of various notes and melodies and the way that they all work together to sort of you know congeal all of those emotions into this really sensitive bright burning place and right. it's the that's that's the reason why I'm drawn to music right. I, I I think it's the most powerful powerful art form there is right um undeniably um well, the other- what it is about that is it's tough cuz like I really want to explore that and unpack that as best I can and bounce it off my experience and other people, humans experience. And it's difficult. Um, cause I also want to keep sort of at arm's length and just let it do its thing. And let it, let it communicate. I believe it, it was does, e, you know? e Cummings. It was like, if you want to hear the song, don't dissect the lark. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So I get that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be the person that puts the thought in your brain that goes, shit, is that what we're doing? And no. Then, and then all the mojo goes away. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I the kind of stuff we're doing with this like emotional depth, it, to me, it's almost a metamorphosis because, you know, people are like, we, we get some flack for being instrumental sometimes. Some people think it's like an easy way out or it makes us less radio ready or accessible or appealing or whatever. But it's sort of returning back to music has been instrumental for a long time. I mean, there's all Bach and then there's spiritual traditions that go back to day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and something about those traditions and the ability and the power of music has always possessed that whatever that's mm-hmm. whatever that X factor spiritual component is. Uh, it's always effortlessly done that. Um, it's, it's, it kind of this sounds kind of trippy, but it's like, why? Why anything? Mm-hmm. But why are there tones? Yeah. And why are there tones that please us and tones that make us feel anxious? Mm-hmm. And then why is it so pleasing to hear those manipulated? But even to take that, make it less trippy, why can it be so important? One of the most important nights of your life could be just banging on drums with friends. Yeah. It wasn't a book. It wasn't Tony Campolo at Creation. No. Nope. It wasn't... Uh, a great conversation with a priest with some strong coffee. It was banging a drum. Yeah, beating the shit out of a floor tom or something. That's right. You know? yeah. And then that's that's what I mean going back to the thing. If God is one, and it's just like there's one truth, it's like one thing. Like meeting that thing in that type of simplicity. Mm-hmm. Not going at it fancy. Not writing a poem. Not, you know what I'm, I'm saying? It doesn't have to be a brilliant play. You don't have to write the shack. Tapping into the essence of whatever that is. That's right. Yeah. The central, the core, the beating core of right. it. Right. Yeah. And it does feel primal in that good way. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> we talk about sex. I can't stop <laughs> relating the creative process to sex. Oh, there are <laughs> so, so many parallels. Don't you feel sex when you do is a, show? I mean, sex is such a creative act to begin with. I mean, the, the capacity to create a human life is like the most creative thing in the entire world. And what so a strange place to hide it. In yeah, this, like, totally. mystical kind of magical dance and uh-huh. horniness and uh-huh. wonderful. Uh-huh. But when you're doing a show, I have to imagine you feel that merging of the audience and you and the music. Yeah. And it can feel 
for lack of a better word, sexual. It, very much so. And you're not thinking about it. You're not going, and when, I, when you're fucking, if you're thinking about it, you're not doing it well. Right. You're not thinking like, and now I'll grab the right buttock. You're just yeah. following an unseen, um, what's it called? Metronome. Right. You get, <laughs> and then, but then you get neurological about it. And it's like, oh, dopamine is firing into my brain and like right. all these different things are taking over. And like there's that sort of uh, more calculated approach to it. Right. Um, yeah. Which is technically right. Right. But I, I, I'm one of those people. I don't want that to be like the be all end all answer. I want something more than that. That's what I'm to saying. speak to greater it. than yeah. the sum of the parts. Totally. Yeah. That's why when people talk about comedy and, and, and comedy being a benign violation, you're mm. my friend. and I go, what's up, asshole? And that's a joke, right? Because it's benign. Yeah. It's not a real threat, right. but it's a violation of what you expected. Totally. Okay. And fucking is my dick filled with blood and semen. You understand? Like, yeah. it's not quite it. Right. Like, and the point is this language and this brain and this structure that we're dealing with won't ever nail it perfectly unless we start stripping it away and get go the other way. Totally. That's what I'm saying at Caspian yeah. shows is like, oh, we were, we were pointing the wrong direction. We should have been going back to the beginning because it was the zero, not the 100. Well, that was yeah. the good thing. So the show is it's really producing these reflections. I lo- yeah, I that's, love it. That's wonderful, man. And listening, it's so funny. I got in the car. That's just, yeah. And normally on the ride to the uh, to this podcast, I put on Caspian and think about the guest. Mm-hmm. And today I listened to that's, Caspian okay. and it was like... That's some trippy shit. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I thought you were looking at your You're okay on time and everything? Oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. So... Uh, you just did Last Call, so you're getting... Yeah, they came and filmed that show. Uh, they did? So they were at the Teragram show. No way. And they, they just came on site with a bunch of cameramen and made it pop. Yeah, they did a great job. They let great us do our show. thing, too, which was awesome. And what a, what a great night. It looked great. It sounded It, great. it looked cool, right? I mean, yeah. we didn't. We don't have any front light in. We try to remain sort of as like you know, removed and nondescript as possible to sort of let the audience... Do their own reflection. right there in this you know in this like I'm going to use pop music to catapult my vagina onto a billboard. <laughs> Here are guys that literally I'm like I know these people but I can't see them. <laughs> like, but in that awesome way, it is it felt, frustrating or is no? It, no. it almost feels like Blue Man Group. Okay, you're like I know one of these guys is Tom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it goes it sets a mood. Yeah, and even that is cathedral like. Mm-hmm. It's like this isn't about. Uh, what Phil says in between the songs, which is usually always way too much. But yeah. is that true? I, oh, I've been, I've been known ever. to just like yap yap yap. Really? It's just like a nervous tick. Not at I mean? that show. Yeah, I do remember the show at the Middle East where uh, I wish I was cool and knew the names of the songs. But there was a song on the album. I think it was Tertia. Tertia. Yeah. Tertia. Yeah. Uh, that starts very slow. Uh-huh. Oh wait! It's oh, you were that, at that show. Yeah, it ends with the drums. Oh my god! With dude. all four that's, of that's you playing That's one drums. of the best stories ever. And I someone mean, yelled out, uh, "Boring!" Yeah, boring. <laughs> I was kind of right. close to him. Yeah, were you? Not close uh, enough to be like Middle East upstairs. Yeah. So yeah, we were playing that song right, and it, I think it got it's a pretty extended intro. Yeah. And when, when we want that to be a moment of reflection, pause and reflect, like we can really stretch that out. Yeah. And put that like lay that down. Or, you know, three minutes into it. That dude just at the top of his lungs in a really small room, like just screamed out, "Boring!" My dad, but do you remember my, my six foot nine father found that gentleman after the show, and he was, uh, he would, yeah, no, he wasn't welcome back after that. Really? What do you mean? He, he chewed I, him out? I, I heard that he found him and uh, yeah, chewed him out like real quickly in his very stern way. You know? Whoa! 
Oh, your dad is gets dad of the century. Oh yeah, he went at it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. dad of the century. This is incredibly rude behavior. You're not welcome back. At and he did it in before. Christian love too. It's not like oh, some yeah, guy yeah, that yeah. was like shut up, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He dadded him. Oh yeah, yeah. How I, dare I, you absolutely. betray that yep. show? You Strong, should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> resolute, just sort of there. But in you know. see, the show is so obviously chill and wonderful. But you flipped the guy off. No, I didn't. Yeah, you no did. No way. Hell no. At did the I? end of the show, because I remember I said it to you after the I show. Very well, I very well may have. After the show, oh, man. You, it was awesome. And the crowd's going nuts. And you're kind of like unpacking. And you just gave a quick bird in that direction. I probably did. And I oh, said man. to you, I was like, you gave the guy the finger. And you were like, you saw that? But you happened to be right in the lights when it happened. Isn't that great? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I just tried to block that out of my mind because those there's so many that that's I, I regret doing that. Like, no, like, I, it's one of my finest memories. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, I just I, I I want our concerts to be a place where people can freely express however they feel. You I know? hear that, uh, but that that's also like the nicey nice cute way to put it when like that yeah that pissed me off you know what I mean. I'm with you. I did a show last night where I said it was you definitely know rude and insensitive, but right. I don't think what you I thought. The great thing about it. You ever had anyone go at you like that during it? Like, well, I was going to say last night I said, uh, I was in the first 30 seconds of my set at the satellite. I go, um, uh, so it's, it can be hard sometimes. And this bro just goes, I'm hard. Oh. I'm hard right now. And I didn't hear him, thankfully. Not thankfully, like I was going to destroy him, but it didn't disrupt me. I just kind of kept going. Yeah. But afterwards, all my friends were like, some fucking idiot. But then the great thing was I had a very good set. Yeah, and then you get off stage, and that's what's great about the Caspian story is he yells out "boring," yeah. and about ninety seconds later, it was very not boring. Right on. But this is the challenge that I have to think that you guys face: is it's not a, a, a blow pop, not to put down Weezer, yeah, but it's it's more like everyone there was like, "You idiot." We're trying to go somewhere. A three minute power ballad doesn't take us, mm-hmm. and this is part of it. This is the candlelight dinner with your lover before the fucking. Yeah. And the fucking will be better uh-huh. because you sat across from your girlfriend and you saw her boobs. Earned it. But you couldn't touch them. Yeah. Because you're at a fucking little restaurant. <laughs> and that would be weird. So the tension builds and builds and then it pays off. Right. So after the orgasm of the song, and it's a great one because you guys all play the, dr- the drums uh, The together. drum thing, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I actually sometimes think I'm like it must be de- sad that you can't always do that. Like if you wanted to, what do you mean? Like, like, you, like when I saw you at the most recent show, we didn't you do didn't it. close with right, it. Right, right. Yeah, we kind of like, put it on the shelf for a little while because you, know? you have to. Yeah, yeah. But just wanna... like a great, like when I have a great closer, I'm like, kind of sucks that I can't just do that yeah, joke. Again. Yeah, it, 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 sometimes it does, you know. Yeah. But you put it in the back pocket, and then when you, you when it finally comes out, it just makes it that much more I know, special. Yeah. I know. But just like Louie, that you had this great closer, you had to come up with another great way to close. And you right, did, right. which was awesome. Those little instances with audience members are tough because like, I never want to ever, ever underestimate anyone's like intelligence in the audience like yeah. i want to assume that all the people there are like well-considered thoughtful people not scholars not intellectuals but like people who have a lot going on upstairs sure. and, and in their heart and whatever or maybe they're just there to like crush beers or something which is also <laughs> fine. totally fine yeah, sure. uh, but yeah when you get someone like you get an outburst like that yeah it's, it's definitely difficult but you know? it seems like we had someone in russia like oh, so please. one of these other bands mogwai that i was mentioning mm. Much, much bigger. I mean, they're 40,000 times more popular than our band. Uh, but, you know, cut of the same cloth. Um, 
we get to do our last song and there's just this Russian woman in the front with arms on the banister, like, you know, uh, you know, Nostrovia, I do a little Russian, you know, get it in there. Just yeah. like have it written on the back of my right hand, yeah. you know, just yeah. so I don't fuck it up. Uh, you know, thanks for letting us come here. It's nice to be in Moscow. It's been a long time. And like, just come on, play better. Mogwai, much better than Caspian or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Echo throughout the whole room deflates everything. I was just sat down, sort of playing. That was it. So there's moments like that that happen. And like, they're, they're a little soul destroying. Sure. Uh, but yeah. But there has to, why is a band like Mug, Mug, why? Mugway, yeah. Which I don't know. How does a, is this an annoying question? How does an instrumental band go from a Caspian to a Mugway or to an Explosions in the Sky? What, why does, oh, like become significantly more popular? Yeah, but what is it? I mean, that's the million-dollar question. Yeah, right. Man. But yeah, I, I, I think about it for you guys. Uh, I'm like, I don't understand because it's perfect for movies. Yeah, that's yeah. a great way to like kind of infuse it into uh-huh. people's lives. I think yep. that's what Explosions does. I see a lot of movies that has. Yeah, they got a break for Friday Night Lights, which was a great picture. That's what it was. Uh, and it was also, I mean, it worked out great for them because it was this like indigenous score. Like that was a movie about West Texas football. It was, they're from West Texas. Their oh, music uh-huh. is informed as this music often is by their physical surroundings. Yeah. Uh, so that just all came together for them in a really great way. Um, so, yeah. And that, that doesn't make sense. Plot. So people hear it in a, a movie and then they buy the soundtrack and then... They, yeah, they, they hear it in a movie and then that just generates like uh, name recognition. Yeah. And then it just sort of keeps going from there. And then more people start going to the shows and people start, you know, it's word of mouth. Yeah, you know, people start passing the band around like a joint or something. And they're like, oh, this is great, man. Sweet, yeah, I like this. I'll check this out. You know, like that. Yeah, that's how it, works. it still does work that way, even with you know the advent of social media and all this stuff. Mm. Um, Interesting. So yeah, for a band like us, it's like you know we came a little later into all, all the bands in this genre that are super popular. I mean, they they got the ball rolling. They were the first. So they're the forefathers. Yeah, and um, they established themselves with great music. Hey, enough of the forefathers. How about the four trees? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turning ten years old next month. Is that right? Ten, man. I can't believe you've been doing this for twelve years. It's, I can't. It's amazing. It, it, it is. It's it's amazing. I'm just. I mean, there's every guys in the band are great guys. You yeah, know? yeah that's amazing, awesome. amazing musicians. So. And I I didn't know Chris, but he passed away. You're, you're the, the bass player. Yeah. How, what happened? He was 32? Do you not want to talk? We don't have to talk about it. Um, this I, isn't like a gossip podcast, but no, I no. Uh, you know that must have been a blow to you the band. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, that, was, that was really, really tough. Yeah. Um, three years ago. Three years? So it's still fresh. Three years ago, yeah. Because you showed me you have a tattoo. I do, yeah. That's... Uh, yeah, those are the, his initials. Yeah. I've got on this overly tight leather jacket. <laughs> there, there we go. Yeah, man. And we got the feather. Uh, he was a founding member. Yeah. Um, That's uh, devastating. Could, it, it was, yeah. It's it's the kind of thing that... Um, I still think about it every, like, three minutes. Yeah. You know? So it's always there. It, yeah. It's always going to be there. Were um, you touring when he, when he passed? No. Uh, it was in the summer of... Uh, 2013. Wow. Um, yeah, so he's missed, and we we definitely we honor his his himself as a person. I mean, he's. I'm sure you maybe met Chris. A few I'm sure times. I did. Yeah, uh, just one of the most positive, outgoing, intelligent, uh, thoughtful, kind, talented people uh, ever yeah. um, that I've ever known, uh, and an amazing contributor to the band and everything we did. Um, mm. So yeah, he's missed, but he, he's he's there in the music, you know. Yeah, that's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, See, that's another one of those things that 
<coughs> Caspian kind of has is like that that love is in the thing. Uh-huh. There's room for that love in the sound. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For sure. For sure. When when you mentioned bringing things to the band, I, I've been curious for a long time how a song gets written mm-hmm. for Cas. I'm sure people ask you this all the time. Strange. It's different every time. The process is so it, it, there's no like there's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, you, it okay, so it can't I mean, just be a jam though. It, it started that way. Oh really? Like, you know, you asked earlier if I was if I was like the front man or something. I yeah. was like the tall guy that stands in the middle. I guess. <laughs> I guess in a sense, uh, and I'd be, I guess I'd be comfortable putting it this way. The others, the other guys probably would too. But I, I'm kind of like a, I guess a director. Yeah, you know, um, I'm not like playing, You're moving playing, the playing the lead role or anything, right. or like you know, I get I get a hand in a lot of stuff. And sometimes I'll come up with like a, a seminal idea, and the, I'll bring it to the guys, and they'll expand upon it. I'll I'll plant the seed, right, and, and it'll grow. Like um, now, 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 now. Yeah, that well, that that came out of a jam, straight no up. Way. Yeah, just a bunch of us and our I drummers. I consider that the Caspian of, single. Covid, yeah, because it's a minute and a half long, <laughs> as, as opposed to fourteen. Uh, yeah, no, that was just jamming in our uh, drummer's parents' basement, like drink, <laughs> drinking cheap beer and hanging out, no and just way. like yeah, all bundled up because it was freezing or something, and like just having a, having a grand old time, yeah, like writing music together. Okay, so what you were saying. Well, I mean, you'll er- bring a seminal idea earlier when you're less self-conscious about all of this in general, um, and it's easier for all, for everything to happen naturally. Um, but then, as the process expands, and I'm sure it's like this with what you do, um, it takes you know you have to get more hyper focused. You don't want to repeat yourself. You want to be constantly kind of innovating your sound and pushing the agenda forward, but not letting go of the things that make you quintessentially yourself. Mm. Uh, so in order for me to achieve that, uh, I, just, I have to lock myself up for four or five months sometimes. Really? And uh, yeah, just kind of go off the grid, uh, start messing around with whatever I have at my disposal in terms of instruments, and just hope that you know the muses start singing or something really? and speaking. And they they don't a lot of the time uh right now it's kind of yeah i'm in one of those phases right now where it's a bit of a dip you know um and I, it's, it's, it's nice it's, to hear because i go through dips all the time oh it's emasculating it sucks yeah. like it's the worst you sit in front of because i'm writing uh scripts or comedy or whatever it is you sit there and you're like script i think uh, it's scripture <laughs> i write scripture yeah. you know there's some verses that i just don't really like so i just rewrite them uh-huh. yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but when you're sitting there and it doesn't show up you're like but i'm here it's like not getting picked up from soccer practice. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's ter- it's a bad feeling. Oh yeah. I but mean, where do you go for four months? Well, no, I mean I'm in Beverly, so yeah. once again, I mean that's still a pretty small town. There's not a whole lot going on there, and um, I'm able to I'm able to sort of quarantine myself away up there, yeah, uh, in my apartment, you know, yeah. or wherever it may be, our rehearsal space or what have you, um, and. It's usually there's a deadline and there's a clock ticking and that will like get your ass in gear sometimes. For sure. Um, you know what that's like, obviously. Yeah. No, it helps. But it's so, it, all of this and art always draws on human experience. And that's always what we've tried to do with the band is communicate how we feel. And we got a lot on our mind and we feel we're very, you know, em- clearly emotional people. Yeah. Um, so our, our job is to successfully communicate that with our music and the more you've experienced and the more life you have accrued uh, and the less fresh things start feeling over time, perhaps, you know, the feeling yeah, I'm talking about, I'm not sure. trying to sound too glum about it, but um, when you have less experience to draw on, that's when the well can sort of start to dry up a little bit. For sure. You, know? you got to go back and do some. Well, life. you got to go. Yeah. What do you do in that situation? Do you lash out and just like start, you know, 
going off the rails and right. just like being someone that you're not. Uh, it's a really, it's a really tight spot. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, every time it gets increasingly more and more difficult because we never like to repeat ourselves. Um, but once again, we don't want to compromise whatever it is that makes the band, the band. Yeah. Um, so it's a really fine line. Cause you're kind of like every album is almost like a season of a show. And it's like you in the first season, cause we yeah. did the first season of my show and you're kind of like, you can do anything. Right. And then the second season you're like, well, we can't do that. We did we that in the first did. season. And, we, yeah. and what do people expect and what don't they expect and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so I, I get that. Because you're on what album now? It's probably five. It's going to be our fifth. Yeah, if, yeah, if we can get a fifth one together, well, it'll be our fifth. You wow. Know? Yeah. And what about touring internationally? Because I was just watching the documentary Thor, and it seems like there's such a taste for metal and, and harder rock. Overseas. Whenever, whenever I see you guys, uh, yeah, your tour but, schedule, I notice you never skimp on the... The Russias and the Germanys and the we we like we go like I said horse to water we go where the the audience is um, and usually it's just where people are really sort of discovering this post rock quote unquote music yeah so Asia right now uh, you know East China is just really that's it's people are now they, they sort of like they've put the drawbridge down there in mm. terms of Western culture mm. so you know people are getting on social media and they're sort of being introduced to all this different kind of stuff including you know epic instrumental rock music hmm. and so we're trying to just like strike while the iron's i like on, that you know. better epic instrumental rock music is so much better than post rock. yeah i usually just say like instrumental rock for the imagination or something yeah no, that's good or, or modern classical yeah that oh, modern classical for the, for the older types that yeah. sort of helps them out that greases the wheels a little bit yeah, yeah. um that's so cool. But yeah, we go over to China. We'll get on stage in front of 800 people every yeah. show, uh, wow. 20% of whom know our band and our catalog, but they're there because we're like the tall white dudes with beards and yeah. it's like wearing all black and weird. And like, That's great. Um, they just want to be, they want to be at the cool place, you know? Wow. Well, you think because there are no lyrics, it's a no brainer for global success. It's weird. Like I, I used to think that. And then we'll go over and play with bands at festivals in China, and they'll have the U.S. bands, and there'll be people singing along to the lyrics in English, and they don't know what they mean at oh, all. Oh, wow. But they, they view the lyrics uh, more like an instrument, you right. know what I mean? which has sort of always been the goal. Right. Uh, but yeah, they sort of reconfigure them to their own. Like, it, the, yeah. it feels like a book versus a movie. I think that's the challenge. Like, there isn't a thing that we get to do as an audience, and mm-hmm. I'm okay with this, obviously. But there isn't the part where we all le- yell Leonard Bernstein. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, totally. there's, so I think some less whatever. I don't want to give it a judgment. But different people might be prone to go boring as opposed to go, let's let this fine bottle of wine breathe and then we'll bore it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally, man. I, I, I get it. The touring is a grind. It's it's yeah. a lot of work, and that's where we like we were gone seven months out of last year, right? And this is not we don't have like a huge road crew. Uh, we're not flying around in jets. Like we're right. on the ground. We're on the front line, so to speak. Here, yeah. Um, and it's really it's, and you're nine feet tall, and that's a lot of flights. <laughs> that's it's a oh yeah. <laughs> I mean that's real. Got to get the exit row. I mean, <laughs> you, you, by the way, it, when you're it, waiting in, in line to talk to customer service, they should just go. Yeah, we put you in the exit row. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've done uh, that. I've been like. I, I've you been, have to. <laughs> I've been, I think, like, man, 65 flights or something in the last, like, decade. And I've only got denied twice for the really? Yeah. Wow. you got to go up and start talking to them about something, like, non-exit row related. Just get That's a conversation you going, you know. 
How's it, how's it going back here? Yeah. Oh, it's a really busy flight. It's like, oh, but you're working hard, though, I can tell. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's... That's okay. like what, if you're kidnapped or, or being beaten up or something, you're like, my name is Philip. <laughs> I live in Beverly. <laughs> I like cats. Like, you, you have to humanize yourself. So you're going like, I'm a human, too, exactly. and I see you. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's perfect. Yeah. I've only been denied twice. Crazy man, uh, and yeah. that's not good for you or the person in front of you. No, yeah. no, no. But oh, it is a. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I just started thinking of plane stories, and there's just too many. You know, <laughs> sixteen-hour flights to Hong Kong, sitting next to a guy who's pounded like ten nips of Jim Beam in wow. fifteen minutes, and then starts like bouncing his beef stroking off all over your face or something, oh and falls over in the aisle, and then you get reseated in the middle of like a huddle of small, like screaming Asian babies for fifteen hours, and it's just the worst, you know. Oh so you he know. was literally hitting you in the face with. His- yeah, he was just chucking them like all over the row, and yeah. <laughs> random, randomly just came to my random, random thought. Yeah, but you see, on stage, mm-hmm. it's funny. Uh, it's kind of a juxtaposition of sorts on stage in control. Like it's such a controlled, not in the bad way, not well, the stay away. Yeah. Such a powerful show. And then, and then it's weird to consider these guys connected through Cincinnati. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. You, you mentioned that, uh, that control. Yeah. And, you know, I hit you up about this when uh, I watched the, oh, that's uh, what, the that's special, what, that's the right. special. That's what it meant so much to me. That um, he said that. Yeah. And like, I'm sure you talk about this all the time and your audience is already very familiar. Um, but I, I don't know. I almost want to interview you and hear about like, how do you, how, the control that you were in possession of over yeah. that whole thing. was that, that was taped live. Yeah. No, no breaks, no nothing. No breaks. No, really. It was amazing. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. You do. I will concede that you do. You probably tighten up some parts. There was probably a part where I, rift for a while and it didn't yeah. really go anywhere and then you go back into the act or whatever yeah i started thinking of the parallels between putting on this kind of immersive atmospheric rock show that we do and then what you were doing and stuff yeah. like that and i imagine it's pretty similar it, i think it's very similar uh-huh. i think it's it's almost like the same thing it's right. like oh there's only really one thing to do yeah and that's kind of swirl around energy <laughs> totally in different ways uh, absolutely so yeah. that's why when i'm at your show it, it doesn't feel that dissimilar mm-hmm. to a comedy show but there is something as i get older one of the things that I've claimed, which took a while because it seemed so rude, was uh, dominance. Uh, because I started to notice as an audience member, I liked it. Friendly dominance, mm. certainly. I liked it when the person seemed to be in charge. Okay. And uh, so then you start going like, oh, that's actually a gift to be strong and go to the edge of the stage and, and to be loud. It's and courageous. and like, It takes courage and it's yeah. not easy to fake. Right. But you're actually – you're making it easier for yourself if you can just kind of really feel your feet rooted into the stage and yeah. go, this is happening. And it's, it's <laughs> ironic because that virtue of courage also makes you so much more vulnerable. Right. You know? I know. What's well, the guy that's trying? Yeah. It's like showing up to the audition – in the league of their own, like lady <laughs> baseball outfit, while you're auditioning for the role of yep. Gina Davis, <laughs> the character's name. Great reference. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That person's really putting their 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 courage right on their arm or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say their balls out, but I didn't want to make it male. It's a female analogy. So I, I get it. I, it's such. I hope this. 
it's silly to say, but I hope the podcast gets more people listening. As I hope you know, you yeah. come up all the time. I talk about the band all the time, and yeah, I, I, like we all very much appreciate. I don't. That, I, yeah. It sounded yeah. like I was like so. Say thank you, but I, I was no, like, no. it's just a true fandom. So I'm, I'm glad we get to talk about the music. Like and, yeah, the, it, the feeling spiritual. I feel like we could talk about this for a long time. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I, it's the same thing. It's like one thing is going on. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what I like about it. And good comedy. That can get out of its own way. It's all, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's yeah. like it, it becomes timeless. It's not about any specific issue or <laughs> piece of scripture that you're mad about. It becomes about the eternal moment. Yeah. Not to be too heady about it or too grand about it. Yeah, don't dare be heady. Uh, <laughs> Come on, on this man. podcast. Yeah. Um, so what we we all we've talked about God throughout. So we can do this ho- however long. We'd like, but we always end by talking about. I'm just looking at this to make sure I didn't forget anything. There's a Caspian Day in Beverly. There is. Well, the funny thing is that it's uh, Caspian Day in Beverly is Saturday, October 18th. Uh huh. So it only occurs every Saturday, October 18th, not every October 18th. That. Which is, is like a little fine point, but funny. I mean, at least on the scroll that they presented us with, that's what it says. So, so Beverly's proud. Beverly's proud, yeah. Uh, Thirty-five thousand people up there. Uh, yeah. we're, we're proud to call it home because uh, it's not Boston. Uh, yeah. It's got its own. It's got its own thing. You know, it's um, the uh, genesis of Beverly Hills. It is. Yeah. Yes. Because the people I heard that, that left Be- Beverly Harbor yep. came out here. That's wild, man. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> I was driving up through those houses last night. Different uh, from Beverly. <laughs> yeah. Different neck of the woods for sure. There's man. no one pizza place. Yeah. <laughs> the one By time. the way, he reopened. So Crackhead Joe is now on uh, on Rantoul Street. Is it still the same style? Dude, there's still just a single neon pizza sign in the window, and that's it. There's no menu. There's no anything. I remember the first time I went in there, 2.30 in the morning after going to the bar all night or yeah. something, you're sitting down at one of those tables, and like Black Cadillac pulls up, three dudes in suits get out, walk up to you know the counter, don't exchange a single word, take away three empty pizza boxes, get back in the car, and they're out. Like, no, that happened? That happened, absolutely. First time I was ever there, that happened. Yeah. <sighs> I would like to hope it's going to happen tonight. There, the lore, <laughs> the lore of the of the yeah, pizza yeah. Nazi, Crackhead Joe's. He's still, he's still there. But it's still good, right? I mean, if you've been, if you've been at the bar all night and you yeah, want a, yeah, you want a yeah, greasy yeah. slice, it's yeah, great. And yeah. you spent time in New York, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, not it's bad. not New York. So, but when I was in college, I remember being like, I was addicted to it. I think it was because, again, that's my theory that there's yeah, yeah. sugar in it. Yeah. So, what happened faith wise? Because, like, what when did you go from Christian to post Christian? Is that even yeah post Christian? Let's not uh, even say uh, Christian sure. to re- you said recovering Christian. That also that sounds even worse because yeah. like you know Let's I know say having it all figured out to seeking sure. truth wherever you totally you totally. It. Uh, man, I don't know. You have a song called Moksha. I'm like ah, little yeah, hint. Yep, yep. Your liberation. You're uh-huh. looking for freedom. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was a, a real slow burn. So like, I, I was always the guy at youth group where you know you go on youth group retreats, right? For sure. And there would be a theme of the weekend, yeah. whether it's prayer or uh, whatever it may be. Yeah. There's always like something that you all circle around and, you know, you pull different scripture verses into this weekend about prayer or a weekend about grace or whatever. I was always the kid like from day one that was like, look, if this isn't real, if this isn't actually true, then none of this matters. You so, mean like, the stories? The stories. Yeah. The veracity of the religion, the religious truth, uh, the the theistic element of 
Jesus Christ being the Son of God, and all of those, you know, you do, all all of those dogmas, virgin birth, physical death, and resurrection, all of that, all right? I mean, it's it's in it's in the Bible there, and this it's is there. what we're adhering to. So, I mean, we gotta we gotta figure this out. And I was I was never really like given a satisfactory answer, um, or something that really just was like, oh, I guess for you know, lack of a better way of saying yeah, it. Yeah, no, but, I get it. So I, I was the guy that'd be like, look, we can't talk about prayer. We can't talk about grace until we have established that yeah. this is true. We can't build the house until we check out this foundation. <laughs> exactly, right? You guys are checking out curtains. And I think that got kind of annoying <laughs> to some people after a while, but I was really stubborn, like stubbornly committed to really trying to get my hands around that. Um, not just my brain, but my heart and my spirit also, because I'm just informed from that perspective. Um, and... But there's such, as you know, there's such a strong social structure in church, in your youth group, um, all of which are wonderful. And, you know, that's where you, well, not when you're learning about sex and the stigmas of things like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, uh, that just sort of, uh, I was always the guys, you know, um, what is it called? Uh, like presentism or something where I would, I would always think of the kid my age in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, who knew as much about Jesus as I knew about Muhammad growing mm, up. Mm-hmm. And so there was that sort of cultural reference point where it didn't make sense. And if it had to be the central objective truth, this is all like really young sort of ruminations on I this get stuff. It. Um, but if you keep thinking that way, then, you know, eventually someone's going to show you a Joseph Campbell book. Yeah. And, you know, you're <laughs> going to. Uh, oh, of course. Really? Yeah, hero with a thousand faces. I found that like, I don't know, four years ago, <laughs> three years ago. Really? So you got it early. Yeah, well, I mean, I've always... You it, wouldn't shut up about it, though. <laughs> You're like, is uh, this real? It was, yeah. Is I, this real? That's good. <laughs> I'm just over there going like, praise his name, yeah. praise his name. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't let it go. I, yeah. I, I didn't. Good for you. I, I didn't want to let it go. Yeah. Because so much of my identity was interwoven in uh, everything about that that cultural manifestation of Western Judeo-Christianity. Um, and I didn't hate it all. Yeah. You know? Uh, so somebody gave who gave it to you? Do you remember? Um, it w- well, it wasn't given to me. It was my f- uh, my father's cousin, um, who I'm actually going to meet with here. <laughs> I think at some point during this week. Really great, well well considered, uh, thoughtful, intelligent guy. And most people I met, I would. This is the kind of discussion I would always have with them. It's like just start talking about you know spirituality. Um, I wouldn't. I'm not even like wasn't even interested in talking about records or films or anything like that was sort of like the well you were like me i was like just tunnel tunnel vision with it you know it sounds like that obsessive thing that we both have definitely but yeah. i couldn't let go hell my thing was hell i wanted to talk to hell, everybody right. about hell yeah. i was like wait you think uh uncle stoney's in hell yeah <laughs> you know, we, like but yeah. jesus never mentions hell once so it's Thank like you. I don't yeah. know how many times have that's, I said that? that's strange the first time a guest beat me to that one well it's yeah, it's, it's it's not it's not there it's not um, yeah you, you'd think that might mean it's not the point right right <laughs> i get angry again uh but okay so well i mean so you know you start thinking of like the the hero archetype and the Bronze Age mythology and all of these things, and you start learning about Mithraism and all these other sort of, which you know about all these, I'm sure, right? You know, like these other ancient religions that mm-hmm. also had the same story. Yeah, the, the same exact story. Which, um, when first presented, I would posit, mm-hmm. oh, this means none of them are true, and then you, later you go, oh, it means all of them are true. Right, right. In this crazy third way thinking way. Yeah, and none of those were ever like the knockout punch. That wasn't like, wait, so they, they, they okay, there's a checklist. They had twelve disciples. Uh, they were born of a virgin birth. 
they died and were resurrected to save like the sinful mankind. Died on a hill too. Yeah, died on a hill. Um, and then you start uh, all of this. Then you start looking at the difference between the various gospels and how they're informed by certain political, right. social, like socio-political perspectives and all yeah. this. And context. Yeah, you look at something like the you know the Mount of Olives, and you have Jesus, and I think it's Mark, um, who's this really sad, like desperate, like I don't want to do this. Like, come on, this is you Mark. I, I believe it's yeah, Mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been so long since I've. I was just making sure you're talking about Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have like, which is I think the earliest written gospel, right? And um, so, I always heard it was the least accurate. Yeah, well, I because it, I mean that was you, the character of Jesus is much more human in mm-hmm. in that gospel and less refined. He also just dies. Yeah, no resurrection. Right, totally, yeah. dude. Yeah. Ex- yeah. <laughs> that's 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 you go to see, Luke and then you have this Jesus on the Mount of Olives who's like, Oh yes, I will absolutely this is my duty. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, Takes yeah. it on. Well what is he in Mark? In Mark Jesus is like I think he's like kinda weepy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he's bummed out. <laughs> Mark is the Elliot Smith. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now all of these things like they weren't like I said, like the death blow and was yeah. like, This is all bullshit. Um but Pivoting around from anything that I could, you know, because I had an appetite for this stuff. Um, it all sort of, I guess, the best it's ever come together for me. Um, and I can't, I can't remember uh, who articulated this or where it came from exactly. But, you know, it's basically um, God is a, a metaphor for everything that transcends human understanding. Yeah. And you go back to day one. And then it's like, okay, this is where this idea was generated from. There are unknowns. Right. Um, there's something else. There's there's something else. Yeah. And I, I know it sounds so simple on its face, uh, but that was such like just a direct mainline shot where I could just sort of sit back for a second and kind of like stop getting so neurotic about this yes. because that rang true. Like that, that resonated in that sort of secret place inside that just, it, it checked out. Um, That's right. I'm not articulating this well, but no, you, you, get, you get what I'm saying. I, right? I think you are articulating it well. Um, it, it, it's a really like broad brush way to put it, but yeah, that that like latched onto something that, oh, like I can step back and I don't have to, like, convince myself that there's an answer for something that might not have an answer. Yeah, what a re- it was very refreshing. Like it was alleviated this it wasn't like, about weight on the boxes. shoulders. It wasn't about yeah. checking boxes or getting an A plus on your on your God paper. E- exactly. Right. You know, you um, leave a lot of the answers blank. Right, and that that <laughs> was how you get the A plus. <laughs> so satisfying. That was just such a satisfying moment of realization for me. Um, where I, I was able to then like step back and then start thinking about other things. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and like the 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 journey, the quest is always there, and it's always going to be. Um, once it, I mean, I'm not one of these like. It's tough. I don't want to say that I'm like this uh, like militant atheist, uh, Sam Harris type guy or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. But that's sort of like that. That's the, that's the bullet points right there. Yeah. No, I I love that. Uh, God, what was I? I was holding something in my head to say. Uh, well, metaphors, unknowns, metaphor, something that the world is veiled. Yeah, and then it, you start to realize with all these stories and all these, you start realizing they're the method to the thing mm-hmm. that transcends human understanding. Right. So you go, oh, like the apparatus or something, or like, what do you mean? I mean, like Christianity was the method that we were given. Oh yeah, okay. To try and get to the one truth. Yeah. 
And we were very precious about it. We were like, we can't deconstruct this. We can't fight with it. Yep. I just said this on a recent podcast, but I'm like, you have to go nine rounds with your method. Hmm. You have to punch it. You have to let it punch you. And then it's like the Leonard Cohen quote. It's like, those cracks are how it gets in. Yeah, it's an unlikely it's, way. It's how the light gets in. Definitely. That's right. Yep. So your religion letting you down or whatever it is, that's it punching you. Yep. And then in it's like Richard Gore says, you come to it by doing it wrong. You right. come to it by falling not by achieving. We were in... Suffering. Suffering. Yeah, full top circle. of the pyramid, right. exactly. Yeah. But we were in a place where we were like, and this is a Rob Bell thing, it's like, it's us or them. Our church has it, Rob your Bell. church doesn't. Yep. Love wins. Oh, the Mars Hill. Mars Hill, yeah. Yep. Yep. So what all of these things do is put that aside. Joseph Campbell's saying, study other religions. Because yep. you can look at them without the burden of literal truth. And then you might get it. Now we're talking about it as something that is fundamental and universal and primal and not delicate, but seekable and achievable. And it doesn't matter how you're getting at it. But we got really caught in the game of how you get at it. Yeah. You go, you don't say Jesus Christ when you stub your toe. But it wasn't even to get at the thing. It was just to be rewarded later. Yeah, that was the thought police stuff. Thought and police, the, yeah. Yeah. That was difficult to like extricate yourself from, um, but yeah. I like I said I'm lucky because my parents are understanding people, and it's not like I'm getting a phone call every day telling me that I'm going to hell or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is nice. So that's great. But you you've let go of models for now. Yeah, for now yep. I think maybe I'll circle back to it. Maybe that happens. Um, I don't know. Um, there is a there is a path. And maybe that's naive now to even say or admit that. But like there, there it's a journey here. So, but I mean that is the journey. You leave the village to go and, right. and forget yourself, and then you come back with uh-huh. new intel. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, man. So you know, maybe, yeah. But it's also not the point. You know what I mean? The point is is right now. The point is us talking about it right now and how you feel right now. Yeah, be here now in the moment. Exactly, yeah. and it doesn't need to have. A stunning conclusion, <laughs> necessarily, because right. the struggle itself, that, that's a Rob thing. He goes, the conversation itself is divine. Yeah. The stunning conclusion thing is not, it, it's not even really that interesting that's to right. me anymore, you know? Uh, oh, then it's over. Yeah. The story's done. Well, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a, it's like a gray line. I don't yeah. know. But you feel okay in that. You don't have that. I do. Way. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Um, most, most definitely. Like, not, emotionally or mentally tormented intellectually uh, is a different story just because I know that there's so much that I don't know. Um, and like I said, my appetite's always going to be there for that. Um, and I know there's so much more I could be reading and engaging with. And every time I'm lazy or just not engaged with that, like I feel terrible. About yeah. it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so then, but, but then that's guilt and then guilt starts doing its guilt, guilt, guilt. See, so, you know, I used to be in the salvation business, you know, those awkward prayers you'd lead your preteen friends in. Uh-huh. But now I like to think of myself in the freedom and peace business. And when I hear you talk about feeling free, free to read this, free to study that, free yep. to converse in this way, free to do this or do that, and to have peace, that's, I mean, that just feels great to me. Yeah. Instead of being tortured. It- That's why when when Christianity was causing me pain, I was like, what is, what is going on here? I don't understand. Yeah. I, I not I, again, I guess that's suffering. I should have been glad for it, but you understand what I mean. I, I, I was do, like this I, isn't yeah, freeing absolutely. me. This is making me grind my teeth and yeah. hit my head. But you you kind of feel the same like I don't know, you know, not satisfaction or contentment, but I mean, I mean you you just seem like you're you're following this thread here, Pete, in a really yeah. amazing way. Like, oh, I appreciate that. I love it. 
Yeah. And that's liberating for I can, me. I can tell. Yeah. That's, yeah. I just did the TCA, the Te- Television Critics Association thing, and they're asking us about crashing, and it's great. And I ended up talking a little bit about theology. I just can't not do it. They were asking about my character being religious, and I was like, for me, it, comedy and living spirit are tied. <laughs> Which is crazy because I'm so into comedy, <laughs> you know. So that's wow. that's the best way I can put it. Old Pete mm. would have been like, "Well, God's number one." I'm like, "Let's be there." Yeah, <laughs> temper that down a little. Because comedy is the method to how I get to that one thing too. Uh huh. It's all one thing. It is. It is. You all, know what? All I, interconnected. I would recommend. I've recommended it many times. The Richard. There's a Richard Rohr audio series on iTunes called Sermon on the Mount. Richard Rohr. Richard Rohr. R O H R. Oh, he's gonna blow your dick off. He's amazing, uh-huh. uh, and what he does is he's a, he's a Franciscan priest. Oh, so wow. you, you'd be like, ah, oh, these guys are going to be full of baloney. He's the best, and he's all Joseph Campbell. He's all uh, he he says things like metaphor. Myth is always true and sometimes really happened. Mm-hmm. That's a Richard Rohr quote. He goes, metaphor is the only language we have to speak all, of God. All about that. That's yeah. something he says. So this motherfucker gets up in Catholic churches, guest speaking, and is like, yeah. let's blow up the foundation and let's get dirty with yeah, God. Yeah, it sounds like a, there's like a John Dominic Crossan. I don't know if you've heard that name. He sounds no. like a cut of the same stuff there. But yeah, also These I think dudes. a Franciscan. Yeah. Well, okay. they're, they're, well they're, they're coming from that mystic tradition. They, they're all St. John Dominic Cross. They're exactly. All, yeah. Uh, there's a Teresa, not Mother Teresa, but there's a Teresa that they love. All these like mystic vision people saying uh-huh. very inconvenient things. Shamans and like spirit quests exactly, and all that. Yeah. That exactly. shit was there, man. A lot of lot of religious evangelical Christians don't understand that. It's like, so much more exciting. Liturgical Christians yeah. understand that a little bit more, but when it comes to the evangelical side of the coin, they just don't know that. Like it turned yeah. into a pair of dockers. It's more than just <laughs> right. Yeah, it's more than just a what? Yeah, uh, yeah. That have you given. taken mushrooms? No, I never have. Yeah, I never have. I think um, you'd like it. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've, yeah, I've asked some people about what their experience has been like with it, and everyone says the same thing. It's like you got to surround yourself with just the right kind of person, yeah. or else it's gonna just, it's not gonna work out. You for don't want to well. be with a. Well, it's it's funny. You do want to be reverent and all that sort of stuff, but. It's you got to walk that line between being like afraid and being reverent. You should have both, I suppose. It's not to be entered in too lightly, like marriage. That's totally, <laughs> so. It was good for some. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, I. I you don't I, have I'm to. curious. Yeah, yeah, this is not me saying that's essential, but no, I, I yeah, I like I'm I'm doing my research and I'm investigating yeah. it and I'm in kind of I'm kind of like in detective mode with that right yeah. now. So I don't know. You do with somebody that I've said this a million times. You'd either cry in front of or vomit in front of. You're not going to do either, probably. That's, that's but that's amazing. how. You, because the one time I had kind of like a sideways trip, and it was only the first half that was unpleasant. It was because I was with a girl I was trying to impress. Like, what a terrible idea. Was she also driven yeah. or not? Mm-hmm. Okay, it was me, her, and, and a friend, and I was just kind of like, "Oh shit!" Like you Dude. see all your nonsense. You're like, you're trying. You're being this phony guy, so she'll like you, and you're like. Ugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now Val and I take them from time to time, and, and it's and it's the best. It's, even when it's a little bit weird, it's still. The How best. long does it last for? It's like seven or eight hours. No, uh, it's like four or five hours. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and it's only strong for. I don't know. We can talk more about it. I don't want my podcast to turn into an ad for something that's, <laughs> that's illegal. Uh, Where's this guy down the street? Here's his number. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, but do listen to Sermon on the Mount. I was just going to write down that's what was awesome. the other that's thing great. that you said. 
I'll send it to you. Uh, you said that reminds me of oh, uh, Crossan, John Dominic Crossan. He's one of those talking heads for some of those like CNN specials and shit like that. Um, How do you C A R A W C R O S S A N? C-R-O-S-S-A-N. Yeah, but he's he's a bit more of like the austere, tweety, like intellectual oh, okay. dude. But he's he's got some good things to say. You know okay. I mean? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll send you. A, I think you'll love it. Cool. Even if you don't, it's like seven hours long. Even if you just listen to the first track, you'll oh, love dude, it. I'm all about it. So, <laughs> and that goes for the listeners too. I, it's definitely a uh, uh, something I recommend very highly. Here's something we've never done before. You say you feel good. Oh, because yeah. I'm wrapping up. <laughs> no, dude, I, this is like I, whenever the the I'm glad there's no like record light here. Yeah, but like I do all, all my interviews, I do by email and everything. Yeah, like I just like that little record button goes on, and it's just like it's not, it's it nightmare. all comes back, man. So you guys have made this easy. I appreciate it. Good, I'm glad. So, so all it's right, great. nothing you left out. Um, we always end with the guest saying, "Keep it crispy." But keep it crispy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll have to say. It. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. and then. Uh, what track can we play a track i love it and so then say keep it uh crispy and then tell me what we should play and we'll just fade into it at at the end here and we'll play the whole thing so it can be long or short all right so just just yeah yeah keep it crispy and what's the name of the song we'll hear uh arcs of command nice now say keep it crispy again. Keep it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just barking orders at you. Yeah. You're the only guest that said keep it crispy four times. Word. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, Lots man, of love dude. to you. Keep at it. Likewise, Pete. Yeah, dude. Uh, an honor.
Now leaving Nerdist.com.